This episode of How To Wrestling was brought to you by our lovely backers over at patreon.com forward slash howtowrestling where the story of this episode continues with the YouTube Wrestler Review Series where Joe and I are doing in-depth looks at the YouTube channels of wrestlers. Our previous episode involved Bobby Lashley, which is not the YouTube channel you might expect it is. We've done a deep dive on the 3,000 plus videos of Ryback's YouTube channel. And as well as that, for as little as $5 a month, you can get access to over a 100 paper review reviews from WWE, AEW, NXT, etc. going all the way back to SummerSlam 2015, our most recent being WrestleMania 39. As well as that, you get our new Totally Divas series where we're reviewing all of Total Divas as well as side series along the way like the, the Big Show Show, Roads to the Top. As well as that, we also have How to Revisited and our favorite series, Pay-Per-View Classic, where we go back and we review in depth a classic wrestling pay-per-view with a brief set by Joe and she wants to get her teeth into total non-stop action wrestling we're going to be doing our first ever tna episode of pay-per-view classic that is going to be over on the patreon page you get access to all of that a minimum of two new pieces of content per month and you get immediate access to that entire back catalog you can drop out whenever you like with zero commitment to stay on a huge thank you to all of our lovely backers who support how to wrestling over the years and i hope you all enjoy the content over at patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling but for now let's settle in let's get real it's feeding time after all it's time for how to Ryback. of How To Wrestling, the world's first podcast detailing how to wrestling, how to get into wrestling, how to understand wrestling, and goodness knows maybe even how to enjoy wrestling. And I'm joined today, as always, by my partner in podcasting life and crime, by the ever-unlimited energetic Joanna Graham. Hello. I was really struggling there. Uh, there was around five minutes of me trying to think of which of the Ryback's many monikers, the wrestler we're talking about today, I could ascribe to you. Oh, I thought you might say that that I was a wife for your blood type or something. <laughs> We're definitely getting ahead of ourselves here now. <laughs> Joe, this isn't a typical episode of, of the old How To Wrestling as much as I really wanted it to be. We are, uh, with this episode, delving headfirst, I think, into quite... Not say active controversy, but we're heading into a corner of wrestling lore and internet history and all that jazz where what we're looking at is going to be going right back at us. Uh, this mm. gives me slight vibes of the Vince Russo episode we did way back when. Yes, I think it's fair to say that this episode has a greater than normal chance of being listened to by the subject in question. Okay, now, I don't know about you, but we do this podcast for eight years or so. Yeah. It was never necessarily intended for something to be like, here's the wrestler themselves. Watch and listen to it. Like, we're not recording this usually with the view that the subject in question is going no. to have a listen to it and smoking their pipe and sitting on a big comfy armchair. I mean, I think we normally just assume that these wrestlers have better things to do yes. than listen to us talk about their careers. Like, who are we? We're not... We're not famous. We're not really anyone in particular. We're not journalists. Hey, look, I'm not. I'm not trying to big league or anything like that. But I will say, a lot of wrestlers have looked at the episodes and went, yeah. "Oh," and then saw the runtime and went, "Ah, oh, fuck that." Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like the picture, though. Yeah, there's a few wrestlers who've liked the picture, though. Happened there, like yep. DDP, for instance. He liked yeah. the picture. He asked to use permission for the picture. Yeah, he actually yeah. he got in touch about that. He did. He we, DM'd we us. Sent him on the the correct channels, all that. Yeah, and, you know. sent him on to Dan. 
Uh, Mick Foley loved the artwork, used it for one of his comedy shows without permission. Without permission. That's bad, Mick. Mick, learn from DDP, please. And I think we did say, Mick, hey, um, can you not do that, please? And then he didn't do it again. That's good. You know, uh, so... Scott Hall, he liked his artwork. Scott Hall liked the artwork. And he said, I was very sexy. There you go. That is what I consider to be... He's up there with DDP now in my book. It's like <laughs> asking for permission to use the artwork and then telling the host that she's hot. Look, look, look how low the bar is. I know. You know, how low, low, low the bar is. Just acknowledgement, little compliment here and there. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of the wrestlers to be like, you know, like the ghost of Andy Kaufman to be like, that Kevin man's quite a catch. <laughs> but whatever, it may happen. Look, we're saying all this at the start because I'm probably aware that there's a lot of people who are listening to this for the first time as a result of some slight Twitter controversy. Chief among which is probably Ryback Ryan Reeves himself. Hello, Mr. Reeves. Hello. Good to have you here. Now, do you want to talk about the controversy first and foremost? Seeing as we've kind of alluded to it heavily there. I guess. We probably shouldn't bury the lead. It's it's difficult because I really didn't want this episode to be about all the noise. No. You know, I don't want any episode about house wrestling to be about the noise surrounding this current circumstance. No, that's the thing. Like, I always pride myself on these episodes to either force myself to look at a wrestler from a different perspective. Like, if it's someone who I don't really like or get, I'm like, right, I'm going to try really hard to understand them. Unless you're Hulk Hogan. I didn't bother. Didn't bother making any effort for him. He doesn't deserve it. But for pretty much everyone else, I will always try my best to understand the mindset of their fans. Yeah, and why they became popular or why they carved out the niche that they did. And it's not necessarily always a slam dunk easy thing to do. I know the the Taz episode, I think, is what I always hold up as one where I I felt I struggled. And me being that fan maybe made it harder for you to see it in many ways. Yeah. Because you don't want the pressure to be there or whatever. (laughs) And with Ryback, you know, because we, we actually covered his YouTube channel for our YouTube review series over on Patreon, available for $5 backers. And I really enjoyed it. And I stood up for Ryback and I was like, you know what? I think he's a fun entertainer and I'm really excited to do an episode about him. And I want to see, you know, because there's a lot of buzz around Ryback, I think probably because of him being on Twitter and stuff and being quite vocal. Because as it stands currently in 2023, you know, Ryback hasn't been an active wrestler for a couple no. of years. And instead, you know, that's the focus of that the, that show over on the Patreon. He has been getting into the world of, you know, extreme eating, live streaming. He's a YouTube presence yeah you know, absolutely some would argue that he's probably now more known for that in many respects yeah you know than than he maybe even is for his wrestling which is a weird thing to say like yeah, he's really famous for eating crisps <laughs> so you were you were excited i was to really excited get into the to the meat and potatoes of the matter here because he's one of those people that everyone talks about so negatively like wrestlers and fans <laughs> alike have generally not nice things to say about Ryback. There's things like, oh, he injures his opponents. Oh, he's a he's a nasty meathead. Oh, he doesn't respect the wrestling business. And a lot of this, I just wanted to know if it was actually fair and true, or if a lot of it is like, oh, look at him. Let's make fun of him and and, and guess stuff about him. And I just wanted to, mm. I wanted to go in with no expectations. I wanted to clean slate. I wanted to know for real. Okay, what what is this guy's deal? And does he deserve all the hate, or is he actually better than that? And I thought it'd be interesting for me to judge because I don't tend to like big, muscly wrestlers. Yes, uh, except for our last episode, Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Lashley, which yeah. is a big case of that. But I think it's safe to say that, like, you're not necessarily of the mold of wrestling fan now with your, your few years under your belt and all that. But I don't think you are the mold of the typical 
Ryback hater because there's yeah. a lot of folks out there. I mean, hey, I was chief amongst them for many years when he was on my screen actively on WWE for a long period of that. I didn't like it, yeah. you know. And I think actually when we started the HR Wrestling Patreon pay per view reviews, you know, going all the way back to 2015 or whatever, he was still part of the roster. Oh right, yeah. And I don't think he made a massive impact during no. those moments. But that's the same thing about Bobby Lashley. He also oh, hadn't, yeah. and he's become one, one of your faves, yeah. faves. So I think it's safe to say that. Far be it from a wrestler who maybe had a bit of controversy surrounding them or whatever, or there was kind of, you had seen online people talking negatively about them. I think we were going into this episode with him probably having more goodwill, from your end at least, Mm. than the average, because you have an interest in this YouTube stuff. You love LA Beast. You love You love extreme eaters on YouTube, beard meets food, etc. And there's like, there are lots of things like, you know, I... I didn't. I didn't ever want to be negative about Ryback because I didn't really know anything about him. Um, and I don't want to be. I, I called him a street shark when I first started this podcast. That's a compliment. And it was intended. He obviously didn't take it that way because he blocked me. But it was intended as a compliment. Street sharks are awesome. They're so badass. They, they fight. They bite. They stand for everything right. And you're talking to a member of the official Street Sharks yeah. fan club. I was published in the official Street Sharks Wait, magazine. What? I'm okay. sorry, last episode it was revealed that you wrote in no DQ and now it's revealed you were a street shark aficionado. Well, before I was a podcaster and before I was a teacher and before I was a zoologist and before I was a postman, yeah. Joe, I was a prolific journalist is all wow. I'm saying, clearly. As a, on a street shark. And you know what as well? After they published my picture of Kilimari in official Street Sharks magazine, that was the last edition of Street Sharks magazine. Hmm. My fan art was so good they shut that shit down. What? It was done. Not because wow. Street Sharks had run its course and no. was making way for extreme dinos. No, Kevin no, no. Mann. It was because of me. It was like, you know what? This Kilimari is so goddamn good, you know? <laughs> Can't do any more there. So I, I always use that as a positive. Oh, yeah, Being definitely. a Street Shark. And he <laughs> looks really unique. And that's, I mean, I've said that from the very beginning. That's probably the most important thing for me as a wrestling fan is diversity of looks in terms yes. of body shapes and also just uniqueness and Ryback looks so unique he's got such a great look right it's interesting as well that you know we're talking about someone who maybe has this kind of negativity surrounding him in some circles online because I do feel like of a lot of the recent episodes that we've done he is kind of he's an outsider you know yes. I think that's that's an easy thing to say yeah, like that's true. even though we're talking about that WWE machine and that system that he kind of went through it's safe to say that he is very much the square peg in the round hole for for a lot of his kind of career. For me, what's kind of difficult is trying to try and find that line between where is it that he is just this lad who is trying to make content and make it on his own, very you know, in a difficult scenario, which is outside of that WWE mainstream bubble. You know, where is it just the kind of controversy to make ends meet and to get eyes on your your product and whatever is a slash versus where is it that you're someone who's got a lot of like negativity in you and mm. who's got a lot of you know bad experiences in the world of wrestling and let's point out as well i feel like the words positivity and negativity particularly in fucking wrestling oh. in 2023 talk about a sword and shield to beat people over I the know, head with i know i hate honestly i hate it i've met some of the most negative positive people in the world and some of the most positive negative people in yeah. the world as well and I think- I, you know i want to say as well you can be negative like negativity isn't like this inherently toxic thing no. if something bad happens to you and you express it and you want people to know why it sucked 
that doesn't make you like toxic toxic immediately no, it's valid but yeah it's it's an odd one because i find like i find that positive always mindset that's a drag right i mean for me at least like i find it very fucking difficult to get my head around there because i see a lot of folks and i think ryback is there with them tying themselves in fucking knots to be like i'm positive mm. i never start things i ne- i'm well, never negative does he ever say that and I all never i'll say start is things. you know i want to apologize to anyone who you know participated in our you know in our tweeting for this oh god you yeah know, because i'm so sorry eight and a half years we've been doing this podcast and i think one of the things i pride ourselves on here on most is that we have a lovely fan base who will always want to you know, share their opinions and do so, you know, I, I, what I think is a fairly free flow bit of debate. And this is the only time where a wrestler who has blocked us, by the way, yeah. me and you me and, and How To, yeah. and At You Are a Podcast, but we've got other podcasts, haven't yeah. we? We've got Cinema Swirl and Subculture yeah. and the Podcrabs Network, so we see what's going on. Oh no, he was, he's going to hear this now, he's going to block them. Well look, Joe, all I'm saying is he's the only episode topic ever where he just picked a random person and was like, hey, everyone, look look at this person here. And like, literally dogpiling. Hey, make fun of this person. And I admit, you know, hey, it got you more engagement than the recent, uh, some of the recent tweets that you have been doing about, you know, dog food and live streaming or mm. whatever it is. But I just feel like I want to address that from the get-go because we went into this with the best of intentions. And I feel like I can't help but my opinion be somewhat coloured by... The very real negativity and the very, you know, if you want to call shit toxic, I think just pointing at random people on the internet and saying, hey, all my million 1. followers. 1.3 million followers. Let's have a go at him then. Like. And like, the thing is as well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it later in the tweets because I did actually save the tweet in question. And there are definitely the before tweets yes. and the after tweets from everyone, when we had a heist and when we had, you know, pylons. I was saying to you, I was like, wow, everyone's being so nice to Ryback. Like, I honestly thought it would be a lot more negative, but all our fans are, like, very fair, and they were saying such nice things about him. And the tweet in question that caused this, I say caused, that ended up with a pylon was so fair, and it was just like, oh, Ryback's a bit of a cartoon character who eats for his blood type. Both things that are true. The first part, I would say, is a compliment. Again, it's like the Street Sharks comment. Like, I it's, think... it's a good thing in wrestling to be kind of a cartoon character. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of folks out there, and this Ryback's not the only one, just maybe one of the only people we've done an episode on where it's as, as immediately apparent. But, like, there's a way to construe things negatively that are being said and hey don't get me wrong like i get tweets all the time where someone is obviously trying to be like nice or whatever and be like yeah and their way of expressing that is by saying something that i'd be like oh okay why'd you fucking say that yeah, like, like you know? negging. and it, yeah and, and i get that and i feel that ryback probably gets a lot of that but that is part and parcel of the the digital product that is ryback that he's putting out there because it's yeah. all you, know, you can hear it on our youtube review it's all about stirring up the controversy the haters whining with the ryback is a series that he does in his bathrobe where he drinks wine and he looks at people complaining about him online <laughs> you know and then he laughs out and says how none of them gets to him it's it's just it's a very weird like this is already going to be a weird episode but yeah. i i feel weirder than most episodes starting off here now i i don't know about you maybe it's not for me to say it probably isn't but like, i don't feel like this is an inherently negative show I no. feel like this is a show that we go at great lengths sometimes to try and find the positive or try yeah. and understand the why of the popularity. Unless you're Hulk Hogan. Yo, know, if we could do it for the fucking Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I know, right? And Vince McMahon, for <laughs> Jesus Christ. A like, man who I have said on a number of occasions who I think is literally evil incarnate. And I'm still able to give him a fair review. But I feel like we're on this like list somewhere where it's like here are all yeah. the the woke leftists, uh, yeah. you know, who are who are here to to ruin your good time in wrestling, and it's like all right, well the people who've 
conducted this great research and clearly never listened to an episode or whatever yeah. it is. You know, so fine, whatever. whatever. You're going to be scapegoated. But I want to put all that aside because I still think it's an interesting career and it's an yeah. interesting person in wrestling and I want to talk about it. Absolutely. And we will still do our best to be fair, but I do want to point out Ryback, You've why? given psychic damage. Well, not just that, but like, okay, if you know that a podcast is about to review your career, maybe don't cause a massive pylon to their fans and then steal their episode artwork for your YouTube series. The heist before, of the century. <laughs> before the episode has been recorded. Ryback, you're negatively influencing us here. Don't you want us to give you... I really want to be fair and balanced and you're making it really hard by causing this like unnecessary Twitter war with us. We don't want that from you. And I will say as well, it's not as if like, oh, the Twitter war has been fucking, you know, oh man, the engagement on the pylon was amazing. Like, you know, hey, we've gotten a few new listeners out of it, I'm we sure. Have, yeah. So, like, I mean, I guess okay. whatever it is, you still don't get to keep our artwork for free. Like, you know, you have to license that. So, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be in touch, and the artist will be in touch in due course. Yeah. Just so you know. But <laughs> anyway, here we are. Let's go back and wind back the clock. Ryback is a man who's entered into wrestling in in a way which I think we've only had maybe one or two other episodes where this has happened, but yeah. the reality route, the lifetime WWE fan Ryback grew up in, in Las Vegas, you know, lots of stories of him attending you know, WWE events when he was a young lad and all that. So he was like a lifelong fan. I love seeing the pictures of like baby Ryback. I know. He's so, he's like cute in a really weird looking way. Sorry, Ryback, if you're listening to this. Um, it's okay. All babies look weird. It's not just you. Oh, you're talking about baby Ryback. I'm talking about literal baby ah, Ryback. Yes. And there's like a few pictures of him as like, uh, like he's about seven or eight and he's like, flexing loads like he's obviously mad into working out from a very young age he did say he started lifting like at age 12 that's amazing now i don't know about you i mean I, I, you know for me in a, in a rugby school where most of the sct were on creatine and mm. human growth hormone and snorting testosterone off the blade of a knife you know there was there was a weights room there but we had this very strict like if you're not i think it was 16 or you know depending on on, on your relationship, I guess, with the, the, the staff who had, you know, sway over that, maybe a little bit younger, but it was very much like a, you don't do this. Like, I remember, yeah. I remember a bunch of us going down, we were like 13, like, look, there's a weight room down here, let's go in. Like, no, 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 get out, you're not allowed to do this. You'll like warp your body and you'll grow properly. I mean, yeah, so there is definitely truth to the fact that, I don't think it's necessarily about age, although I don't lift, so please feel free to correct me in the comments, but I think it's more to do with form. If you lift weights wrong, you can really hurt yourself yeah. long term. You can do real damage. So I think it's really important that if you're going to start lifting weights that you do it with someone who knows what they're doing so they can kind of keep an eye on your body as you move and just make sure that you're not going to you're not going to do harm to yourself. Yeah. So I assume I hope baby Ryback had someone helping him make I sure mean, he was doing it right. I would assume so. Like, I mean his you body know. is very impressive so and you know he, he grew up idolizing you know it's it's the big muscle men of, yeah. of the 80s and all that and you know people like the warlord and the barbarian and the ultimate warrior and whatnot you know where it was all about these big over-the-top mm. cartoonish oh, oh. <laughs> like but you know it is like they yeah. make Saturday morning cartoons of them and it's like for me at least there is always part of me and I always pop when I see a big dude in wrestling for that very mm. reason is that it's kind of a throwback, you yeah. know, and that's a positive thing. And I feel it's such a better thing in the modern day and age where it's like, well, there's one or two guys who look like, yeah. you know, they used to look way back when as opposed to the thing, yeah. there's 50 guys in the roster who are all like huge and exactly the same size. And because of 
you know, the developments in especially WWE, but other wrestling companies as well with regards to drug testing, you know, steroids aren't allowed to be used anymore. Those types of big bodies aren't as common because they're not as easy to maintain without those, you know, those steroids and, and those supplements and things like that. And as Ryback says many times on his YouTube, etc., he often gets comments on shows about people being like, ah, you take steroids. And his mm. very quick rebuttal to that is like, you've no idea how big I would be if I did take I steroids. I know, right? Because <laughs> I completely believe him when he says that he doesn't take steroids. Because one, it wouldn't have been possible in WWE because they do drug testing. Yeah, particularly the time where he would have been in yeah. post-2005 yeah, when you would have had strict. more strict drug testing than before. But also the fact that he's admitted to doing steroids when he was younger. Yeah. Which, like, you know, if you're going to you know, say, oh, I don't do steroids at all and lie about it. You surely do a Triple H and be like, I've never done steroids. Ever, like, ever, you wouldn't ever. be like, yeah, I have, but don't do it anymore. I never did them, even when I had a special contract that says I didn't have to be drug tested because yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a full-time performer. You know, it's never, ever, never. ever, uh-huh. ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure, Triple H. <laughs> so yeah, I, I find it really impressive that he has got this amazing, like, steroid-like body without any of that. You so know. yeah, you're, you've always been kind of taken aback by just the sheer size of the man. Not just the size, like ever since we watched Pumping Iron, I've been so impressed by the shapes of muscular bodies, but only Symmetry certain, and whatnot. Certain types, yeah, yeah, just like there's a sculpting to it, there's a level of <laughs> vanity, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean it in a positive way, of like looking at yourself and going, okay, if I'm going to be in a body business, what part of my body needs to change shape? Yes. And, like, doing the work that needs to be... Like, that... I don't know. I just find it impressive. Because he's not just, like, a a ripped dude or whatever it is. He's, he's so unique. He's thick, you he's know? He's so thick, but, like... Like, I feel he could have been on the WBF, which we've also reviewed. Yeah. This has come out in the, yeah, on the main definitely. feed here. Where he's like, hey, you've got nine guys and Vince McMahon wants to show up these very different, big fucking dudes. Mm-hmm. He would easily come out on a tank and shoot loads of, you know, Russians with it and then come out and go, Bleh, you know. He's so... <laughs> top heavy yeah. like his shoulders are massive but it's not like he's an upper body guy only because he has massive legs as well he's like he's a big muscular guy it's like he's got two other rybacks growing yes. out of his shoulders and you know it's so impressive and it's not like you know we because we did the episode on bobby lashley and i think bobby lashley is one of those people that he exercises for fun he's not a naturally big guy but because he exercises in a particular way and pushes himself in a certain way he's like just grown yeah but not everyone is like that. And so I'm, I don't know, I'm always interested in the different types of people who end up with these bodies and what they have to, what lifestyle they have to end up like that. So it's very interesting to go back in time to find the origins of Ryback. And amazed as I was that we had to share something here that we had on a previous episode, which would have been our episode about The Miz way back when, that Ryback made his way into wrestling, or at least got his, his kind of big break with the WWE, by being a contestant on the former reality show that WWE used to do called Tough Enough. Love this, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, I think more wrestlers should come in from the reality TV route. And I know this is a controversial issue right now, I may get cancelled for this, because I know there's a lot of (laughs) reality TV stars who are using WWE specifically as like a backup career. Oh yeah, there was that that chat with Logan Paul he did with a bunch of people where they're like, oh there's easy money to be made there. I mean, in fairness folks, him doing that 10 days out of WrestleMania where he was facing Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. I think we all know what he was doing there. Yeah. But he's working you. He's working you. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. okay. But I do think, you know, like any 
people who are fans of wrestling and want to become a wrestler and know that that's the route that's best for them i think that's really cool and i think reality tv and wrestling is like goes hand in hand i think it's a beautiful merging of art forms it's a very very weird trip down memory lane looking at tough enough any given time you yeah know, we've been doing it slowly for the edge here podcast over the last few years and it's generally speaking a very fun show to review mm. but also you see this kind of peek into the kind of the dark past of wrestling and, and also the 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 reality of wrestling that remains the reality which is it's sore it's a it's a slog it's a grind yeah it's not for everyone and certainly this season of Tough Enough, which was the fourth season where they were no longer an active kind of TV show, it was kind of chopped up into little bits and put on random bits of SmackDown. Not even Raw. Not even Raw, like. So this was a really, I mean, I've heard this season of Tough Enough be called the male diva search. Oh, okay. In that, like, it started off being kind of classic Tough Enough where we're going to get a bunch of guys, some of whom have wrestling training, backgrounds in athletics. Mm -hmm. They all have the look or some element of the X Factor we're going to put them through training and then the coaches will decide as the weeks go on who's to be cut or as more likely people just get cut by being injured or quitting or whatever it is yeah. along the way. Whereas this started off like that and then very quickly became dress up in outfits for a yeah. bit on SmackDown or do a gimmick bit here with the big show or Tori Wilson or Mae Young or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think Ryback got an exposure to the sports entertainment side of wrestling and WWE very early on. This was this was quite wild going back. We watched all of it on the network. They cut up all the little bits and they put most of them together. It's like a one-hour highlights package of the million-dollar season of Tough Enough. I forgot that we actually watched some of this for our research for our episode on The Miz. Yeah, yeah. Because Ryback and The Miz came up through the same season. That's so wild. It's so funny. Like, two very different wrestlers, very different people, very different attitudes. Yeah. I mean, you really don't get as far removed as Ryback and The Miz, and yet they both came up through the same reality TV show. And they both have dedicated haters yeah. as well. Like, and groups of haters. And neither of them won. Yeah, interesting that, they right? Both lost. And everyone forgot the name Daniel Pewter, of course. It's the pop idol of wrestling reality television. So what? tell me what you think here. I mean, he's a young blue chip. He's called the Silverback Ryan Reeves. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, coming into a rally show. branding, yeah. He's got the branding. And I think we were very, you know, quick to praise The Miz of being like, oh, he has yeah, his trunks pants. made up. He has a logo. I know, Ryback, he, he had a lot of it ready to go straight away as well. Yeah, no, it's really impressive. And he... He immediately gets, like, calling himself the Silverback because he has got a kind of gorilla aesthetic to him in that yes, he is so top-heavy, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's just, I just, yeah, smart branding, very eye-catching, very memorable. He's definitely, you know, right from the get-go, he's one of the more eye-catching people on the lineup. Which is difficult as well because... You know, you want to talk about a fucking team of monsters here yeah. from Space Jam. They're like, huge. Most of them are taller than him and The Miz. Like, mm-hmm. they are kind of on the, the smaller end of the spectrum. They've got these fucking behemoths. Mm-hmm. And the real scary thing about it is that you've got all these, like, tanks who, like, there's an obstacle course and they, like, run through every barricade. <laughs> like, they're absolute <laughs> monsters. And then it's, like, day one of training. They take one bump. Like, brother, they're going to have to pack it in. It's not for me, man. I'm going to go back down to Florida. I think I'm going to, uh, you know, I don't know, open up a vitamin bar or something like that instead. <laughs> you know, it like it is amazing to see the drop-off rate that we have here. Very, mm. very quick. How would Ryback spend the million dollars if he won million dollar tough enough? Did he maybe get some tattoos or something? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> he hasn't thought that far. I don't think he, does he have tattoos? 
I've noticed. No. Maybe one down there on the the calf or whatever tucked away there, you know. Um, so we do get to see some of their their early segments that they use these guys for on SmackDown and whatnot, and they do this thing where like all the the tough enough rookies all walk into the locker room and the big show is there and Joey ain't happy about these damn reality show contestants stinking up the sacred hallowed grounds. Mm-hmm. And they have to cut a promo on Big Show and say something nasty to him. And like, you know, that some of them are really you know, effectively savage in a very wrestling way. Like there's um, one guy, I think it's Daniel Pewter who ends up winning. He's like, I didn't know they piled shit that high. Oh! But Ryback <laughs> doesn't want to offend. I respect you. <laughs> Ryback says, you would have also taken this opportunity if it were presented to you. I'm glad I didn't offend Big Show. <laughs> He's respectful. Yeah, and I think there are some people you can see kind of get it straight away. Like yeah. there is, there is this moment right at the start, like literally the first day of the of them casting this reality show, and there's this dude who's like, he's got the look. He he's actually a dead ringer for um Brian Cage, you know, for, for Swolverine from AEW. This dude's got these big fucking sideburns, big jacked up guy, and they're all like grinding around each other, being like, yeah, let's all work out, let's do it, brother, let's do it, like Street Sharks would. Yeah. And uh, he like takes this massive fucking way, and like he there's a lad like barely spotting him, and immediately he drops the weight on his bicep. He fucks himself up. The he does the wasn't... whole obstacle course holding one arm out of his socket, be like, Bleh! and he's like, yeah, sorry, you're cut because you're hurt, but you're going right to OVW. So I think there's immediately, like, if you're smart and Ryback has figured this out, it's like, mm. even if I don't win, this is clearly a route to yeah, something, to you something. know? To fame, hopefully. And fortune, you know? But I don't know if he cares about that. Yeah, I mean, he seems more so than most of the guys there genuinely happy to be there yes and as the challenges and the situations become more wacky and more sports entertainment and you see like you know the mma dudes rolling their eyes and stuff like ryback was very happy to eat all that alfredo oh i love that <laughs> and it wasn't just alfredo sauce and lots of spaghetti it was also lots of like a liter of milk and several sprints <laughs> i love that so yeah, they have an LA Beast challenge, basically, which is they all have to line up and eat a massive plate of pasta Alfredo and a pint of milk. Uh. And all the guys there are like, oh, I can't do it. It's really hard and disgusting. One guy is like, they've not seasoned it. It just tastes like nothing. And you cut to the silverback, Ryan Reeves, is like, pasta with white sauce, that is what you want. He loves it. He's shoveling it in, <laughs> licks the plate afterwards. His face is covered. Like, I mean, the, the the baby comparisons there he looks at the classic picture of the baby with the food on his head like you know? i found that so endearing and I the fact that there's people looking at him being like shit yeah really intimidated <laughs> maybe i don't have what it takes yeah. to be a wwe superstar i loved that mad respect to ryback for eating all that pasta and then just enjoying it and then doing loads of exercise and he didn't get sick <laughs> loads of guys did get sick yeah but ryback did not get sick and this is what yeah, I love this because this is okay. This is before all the Twitter stuff, but like after doing the YouTube review, I was like, oh, he's really good at this competitive eating side of things. He'll like, do like spicy foods and yeah, you know, all, or eat all loads those, yeah. of burgers. And here he is at a really young age showing what he's capable of. And like, it's almost like a glimpse into his future of like, you know, this is what he can do. And he could, he could make money from this someday, like just eating food, which he loves to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, hey, we, we watch a variety of these types of videos and. They all get millions of views. Yeah, and it's a real skill. And it's a impressive. lot of Ryback's most popular content that he has on YouTube, you know, most of it is 
the spicy food as opposed to the spicy wrestling takes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is interesting, yeah. you know? But yeah, he smashed it. I was so proud of him. And yeah, everyone was like, oh, Ryback used to always be eating. It's yeah, like, they, do you give him like a little feature and they play like the silly music where yeah. like him eating lots and lots is this kind of like jovial thing or whatever. It's like Al Snow is like rolling his eyes because the guy literally can't go like 30 minutes without taking on, you know, a thousand calories type of a thing. <laughs> apparently, I don't know if this is true, but apparently Bill DeMott punched him one time at the airport because he wouldn't stop eating Rice Krispie treats. Fuck you, Bill DeMott. I know, what a piece of shit. Like, so what? I think like, it's... the man eats Krispie treats. It's so funny that they see this here and they're like, kind of, play the silly music. Yeah. You know, play the, play the dorky music that makes him out to be silly. And it's funny because when he is in Deep South Wrestling, you know, after this and they're doing like kind of promo classes and whatnot and developmental, Paul Heyman visits and apparently one of the first things Heyman gives him as a promo to work on is like, talk about all the food you eat. (laughs) But it's not done in like kind of like a city like, oh, I eat so much pasta. It's like 10 pounds of steak, 16 pork chops, a gallon of milk, three pounds of oats. Like I'm a fucking monster. (laughs) I like... Hey, I get a lot of joy watching silly people eat food and all that. Mm-hmm. But like, don't tell me that I can't be intimidated by that because I absolutely yes, can. It is. I-, I once intimidated Adam Biblo by eating four Kit Kat chunky peanut butters in a row while watching a lot of Chikara. That is not that impressive. I mean, he was fucking taking the back, Joe. The respect he gives me and he puts really? on my name ever since. Mm. It's all because of that one moment right there, you know? <laughs> Maybe I just need to eat a lot of food in front of you. Although I did eat three sausage you rolls before we started for this for my breakfast. <laughs> so I have the, I'm in the Ryback mindset. I've eaten a lot, and I also have a little bit of weird shame going on about Aww, it as well. <laughs> I don't have any weird shame. It's fine. So Ryback's next uh, encounter is the capture the flag challenge that they make them do. And a lot of these challenges, I know I say male diva search was something that was used, but the divas weren't necessarily putting themselves in immediate physical harm. Uh, unlike I think there was someone on the diva search who did give out her personal phone number and I was like oh dear that's a, oh. That's a bad idea mm. but they are putting them in like challenges here where it's like you're gonna hurt yourselves yeah because you've this capture the flag gimmick is they've got the Basham brothers who are tag team kind of you know mid-card tag team and say like, right the two of you have to stop one tough enough contestant from capturing the flag in front of this very disinterested audience and this is really bad because you keep putting these wrestlers against the reality show people, most of whom are like developmental kind of guys anyway. Yeah. And like, there's no way in hell, like particularly in this period of time in wrestling, where you're going, like, oh, you, know, you can't let a, a rookie show you up. Mm. So they're going pretty hard yeah, in all these challenges. Way harder than they actually would in a normal match. Yeah, like... no, no real person involved in their oh mind. Oh god! That's yeah. what it is. Like, you, if you were the Bashing Brothers and you went out and you did that to like I don't know, like someone who was on the roster who was worth something, like her angle or whatever yeah. it was. The Undertaker. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> what you tried to break the Undertaker's ribs, but like. Ah, if you're Ryan Reeves, you're just some 20-something-year-old, whatever. Go ahead. And, like, he breaks two ribs trying to capture this flag. And yeah. it's not because he's an idiot or anything. It's like the fucking Bashman Brothers are two-on-one yeah. tackling him to the ground and elbow him right yeah. in the... F- oh, my God. Mm-hmm. The slam challenge they did with the big show as well. Like, he was... You could see he was giving receipts to people who he yes. thought earned it. Like, there was a slam and then, like... He gives like a quick little elbow or like he knees someone right in the mm-hmm. forehead and all yeah, that. Yeah, it's nasty. Ryback can actually take a slam unlike most of his competitors. Yeah, he does. He seems to have a natural ability for taking a, a back bump. And he, yeah, he tucks his neck and he 
keeps his arms up and he lands squarely on his back. And yeah, it's definitely compared to some of his compatriots here. Yeah, because a lot of these guys nearly like kill themselves. Nearly land right on their heads. And that's just one of those things apparently that like you either are good at that stuff and you're or you're not. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's you know there's a lot of a lot of the comparisons are made between him and these kind of old style muscle boys and in wrestling or all that and it's like you know he he can move oh yeah you know you might not have seen all the matches where he does it but we'll get into it mm-hmm. the man has got pace yeah you know when the match calls for it or whatever yeah. it is you know so he does actually get voted out quite towards the end he's like third or fourth from the end i believe yeah. he is but he doesn't quit after the ribs are broken no. which is really impressive i mean i think that would go a long way to show the the boys backstage that you know you can work hurt so fucking talk i know you're, I know, you're I know. saying that with heavy inverted commas but that's so fucked isn't it's it? fucked it's so fucked but that's he's not the, the only business. one there's other people break their ribs in other contests yeah. along the way most of them do go home though the ones yeah. who get injured so he does lose the popular vote and sadly as well he loses it just in time to take part in the drag competition because yeah, i feel ryback would have would have been something else because in the drag competition they have to flirt with hardcore holly who's like mm. don't touch me don't look me in the eye i don't like this and- so weird <laughs> i wish they'd actually taken the drag contest seriously like they had to make their own outfits and stuff i mean they made out that they made their own outfits shit yeah they just went energy. to like a stripper shop and just bought stuff look if you want to see good tough enough drag joe maven in season one of tough enough did a great drag oh, really? performance absolute natural you know one of the best in the business so he does end up, despite the fact of him, you know, being eliminated, he does end up getting himself a developmental contract. He heads to Deep Side Wrestling, which was one of kind of the pre-NXT, pre-Florida WWE training programs. And all I can say is, a lot of what I've heard coming out of that Deep South Wrestling is not good stuff. That's where right. Bill DeMott would have been oh, at. Oh, no. Do you, I mean, he's come up We do Totally Divas now over on yeah. the Patreon. He's shown up a few times. Do you know much about Bill DeMott? Bill DeMott was the first guy to get cancelled when I first started watching wrestling. Wow, what, a, what an accomplishment, yeah. you know? So I, I've, I've known about Bill DeMott for a, a long time now, compared to other guys, yeah. I'd say Bill DeMott, the issue with him is, is that he became kind of emblematic of what was kind of wi- widespread in, I guess, wrestling as a whole of the time, but particularly in Deep South Wrestling, which is... Training by hazing. Yes. Now, we've had a lot of scary stories of wrestling training. I mean, the Ric Flair episode, you know. I I don't know why it is, but, you know, it feels like you, me, or Adam, or whoever, we randomly seem to reference, you know, carrying someone on your back up, like, flights of stairs. flights of stairs, Don't slip and fall. You'll kill Uh... someone. You'll go down for manslaughter. But a lot of the stuff in Deep South was the kind of... Ah, this person can't do all the drills. Everyone get around a circle and like scream abuse at them while they're doing like a thousand push-ups and all that. That's so... Was he in the army by any chance? That sounds like army hazing. No, he was just a jobber in WCW. Like, you know? Fucking hell. <laughs> so unnecessary. And I will say, you know, as bad as Bill DeMott is, I feel like him being cancelled as he was was very much a, ah, that's the bad news got rid of now. <laughs> it's horrible how wrestling for eons before Bill DeMott even was involved in wrestling had this horrible part of it that he came to epitomise and was solely responsible for. It happens a lot less now, obviously. It's cutting the mould off a slice of bread. Yes, <laughs> pretty like, much. You're basically not doing much, <laughs> but you're doing the bare minimum. And visually, it looks fine. Yeah. Look a nice bite taken out of it and everything <laughs> looks really good. Like, someone already wants a piece. Uh, but I do feel there's always this idea that it's like, well, out of the, the forge of, of bullying and hazing and fire and chaos, mm. 
diamonds are made. And I feel like, I don't think necessarily that anyone can excel in that, but Ryback was one of the people who came out of that. A lot of people didn't make it through that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people just said, fuck this, I'm out of here. Mm. They either quit WWE, dropped out of developmental, or they just quit wrestling altogether. You know, I mean, a lot of people have bad stories about there. The fact that Ryback made it through shows you, and not that say he's a glutton for punishment, but he has, or at least had, quite a thick skin as it relates to being pushed to physical limits and all that. Yeah. I think that was something that was more important then than it is now or has been in the last five, ten years. Yeah, I think it's very old-fashioned. Like, we all know yeah. now it's not necessary. Like, there's so many wrestlers who have come up who are amazing and talented. You don't need to bully people. none of like. that. They you don't need it. It's just It just creates a toxic atmosphere. I think it fucks you up. Yeah, it does. You know? Yeah. Like, because I, I came from a school, you know, it was a boarding school and most of the kind of... I don't know, most of the ecology of how, you know, discipline was handed out. It was kind of, you know, boys in charge of younger boys. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it really hazing, a hierarchy. bullying, you know. I kind of like, you know, I I was a flinch. You know, when you first met me, I was still in my phase where like, you know, I'd flinch kind of out of just real cut reaction. Mm. And not to say that I was being, you know, hazed constantly all the time. I wasn't, you know, I had my fair share, let's just say. And I was, you know... It, it affects you. And mm. I think it affects you in ways that maybe you don't realise until kind of further down the line, I guess. Yeah. But he gets his opportunity when WWE decides to get away and get rid of the new version of ECW they've been plugging away with. And it's time for a new form of television called NXT. But not the NXT that you might remember. What, what is this NXT, Joe? So this NXT, as far as I remember, is kind of like a reality TV show but a wrestling reality TV show. So it's kind of like part kayfabe. <laughs> but not part tough enough? Shoot. Not tough enough because that's more of the shoot side of wrestling than the kayfabe right, side. Right, yeah, yeah. This is more of the kayfabe side than the shoot side, from what I have gathered. They kind of were making up the rules as they were going yeah, along here. And it's messy. It is. I mean, I remember at the start, like Vince McMahon, they had him do his big announcement where it's like, it's going to be the next evolution in not just wrestling, but all of television. Wow. And I, that lasted how long? Yeah. I mean, NXT in this form lasted a couple of years. Wow, more than I thought. It very quickly changed from the next evolution of television to just being the third show where they put on their kind of people who were maybe going to make the leap and go from developmental to the main roster. Because at this point, they had a lot of people who've been in developmental for many years. This is like 2010, so Skip has been in developmental. Sorry, Skip. Skip. Sorry, Ryan has been in developmental for around like four or five years at this point now. And, you know, the man is, has got a gimmick. He's ready to go. He's no longer the silverback, which no. he did do in Deep South. Now he is Skip Sheffield. Yip, yip, yip. Howdy do. This feels like such a gimmick that is given to you. Yes. Like, we don't care who you are. You're going to be a cowboy. So <laughs> WWE. That's what they did to me, Joe. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I just wanted to be a podcaster. Like. <laughs> he is meant to be the kind of like... Throw again the throwback, but I think he wants to be like kind of you know the like the hacksaw Jim Duggan. This kind of like, hey, I'm the the guy who's gonna come out and have a good time, and the fans are all gonna be like, hey, do the catchphrase. He's all about having fun, and he's all about muscle and hustle. He's a mover and a groover, a runner and a gunner. Now there's no shortage of actual wrestlers from the south. In, yes. You know, you have a, had a fucking developmental territory called Deep South Wrestling yes. for Christ's sake, and yeah, we have another man now being forced against his 
a natural way, I guess, to, to be a Southern wrestler. Uh-huh, and he tries to do a Southern accent. I mean, he spent a bit of time in the South, so it's not terrible. The corn-fed meathead. How did he get over with you? I didn't like this. It just <laughs> felt not like him. Like, wrestling is best when it's an exaggerated version of the truth. Mm. And this is not Ryback. This is not Ryan Reeves. He's no. not a cowboy. He's not, you know, ah, this fun-loving good time guy and that's okay i don't i don't need him to be that i like the kind of like i like that he throws himself into it he does a complete you commitment know? and i respect that like he throws himself more into this than like people who are playing the, like brian danielson in this first season oh yeah he's like fuck me like what am i doing here yeah, like he's he's not really sure i think he does give a shit but really? i think he doesn't like, he doesn't want to be this version of himself. Right, okay. He doesn't want to be Daniel Bryan at this point in time. And it's funny to see, like, Skip Sheffield be more confident in front of that camera than, like, arguably, I think, the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. You know? And he gives it socks. He does. You know? He, I, has, I don't know what his catchphrase is. I, I've got it written down as yip, dip, 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 dip. <laughs> yeah, his catchphrase and autocorrect don't play well together. That wasn't autocorrect. That was me trying to figure out what he was saying. It's yip, 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 howdy do. Oh, Poor guy. Yip, That's yip, not yip. great, is it? And then he would go, he'd come into the ring and he'd go, yip, 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 and he pointed at the crowd. Anyway, his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, he has a pro and he's a rookie, right? So he's, yeah. he's a rookie and he, he, the idea of NXT in the early seasons was that you would have this person who was like kind of the main roster guy who was meant to, you know, guide your career, whatever it was. Hmm. And they quickly realized the best route of this was to kind of have odd couple pairings. Yeah. Do you remember who Brian Danielson's uh, mentor was in the first season if i remember it was the miz it was the miz so fucking oh awkward for both of them i fucking loved it though like honestly i remember the time it enraged me but looking back and i was like that you know that i wish i could get worked like that as as (laughs) wholesale as that you know but there is another odd couple pairing and it is skip sheffield with his mentor another person who has had an episode done about them on how to wrestling it's william regal now this we watched a couple of the segments and the matches and the introductions of skip sheffield i thought him and regal it was gold it made me laugh even if the crowd didn't get us that much it was pretty good i love regal looking at skip like He's shit on his shoe. He's literally looking at him sadly and wincing and yes. shaking his head. Like, like he's selling, looking no. at him like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and he has a match with Skip Sheffield and he, he keeps like walking around and like going to Michael Cole and be like, this bloody lad won't listen to anything I'm saying. He's <laughs> rubbish. I hate him. <laughs> and I think the story that they tried to tell over the course of the season was that like, he became like more aggressive and tried to, you know, Regal kind of, you know, poisoned him a little bit. Mm. And, you know, he stopped being the fun loving guy. But the reality was, is like, you know, he's like, I've got a gimmick. My gimmick is the fans love me. Mm. And the fans, like, you're one of six or seven randos who we've never seen before. So they don't make any noise. And like, so when he's wrestling these matches and he's doing all the proper eight, he's like pointing at the crowd and posing. Oh. And the commentators are like, I don't think Skip knows what to do, that the fans aren't reacting to him. And that was oh, something they would do in NXT. Yeah. It's like, they'd be like, oh, that wasn't very good, was it? That's so mean. No real person involved, you oh. know? Because they would, they would bury them. Give them the feedback afterwards. Don't bury them on television. Like they do things where Matt Strike would be like, Darren Young, you just had your first match. How did it go? Well, I think, oh no, sorry, time's up. Anyway, moving on. Like they would just bury the poor fuckers. Oh my god. 
But I thought he he managed to stand out because he was fucking huge. Yeah, he was massive. massive He's the dude. buffest cowboy ever. Like, surely that's a Guinness World Record. Most buff cowboy. <laughs> Most buff cowboy. <laughs> Skip Sheffield. So Skip Sheffield is eliminated from, from NXT. And the idea was that they were they were doing... It was going to be like 50% fan vote and then 50% from the pros. Oh, yeah, sure. I bet they didn't work that at all. I know. And then it was like kind of, well, we just showed the votes and then we'd just be like, oh, yeah, this person's gone. And it was, it was not done in a way that was in any way... It didn't feel engaging as an audience member. Yeah, really, member. there's a surprise because it's so obviously like we want to decide who wins, but we also want the money from people calling in and voting. I mean, it's pretty wild I mean, an idea. I don't think anyone would ever do it where they literally be like, hey... Let's let the fans decide who we should sign and give you know a six-figure deal to. Wrestling fans are the worst people to do that with. They did that in like in TNA as well. They did a thing called a gut check, and they would get like kind of an indie wrestler or someone who had a bit of a following, and they give them like a match on telly, and then they do like three, you know, people like Bruce Pritchard and Taz, whoever would go over and they cut a promo and be like, "This is what I think. If you should be part of it or not," and then they decide on the spot whether or not they give them a contract. Wow. And I think the idea is really nice in principle, but I don't think wrestling ever wants to cede power away like that no. and let someone else or like an audience reaction dictate what's going to happen. You yeah, know? exactly. There's an element that happens behind the scenes, behind the curtain that you don't, you don't want to see how the sausage is made in many <laughs> respects. You want to respect the butcher to make the sausage correctly. You don't want to come in and be like, I don't know how you make a sausage. I don't think I should be involved in this. And you vote for this sausage in the second week. I actually don't like sausages yeah. anymore, actually. You know, no, I like... This sausage tastes weird, actually. I didn't. I thought it would be nice to have gushes in my sausage, and it turns out it tastes funny. Actually, I only voted for the chipolata, ironically. I don't actually want to have it <laughs> on my screen every week. Uh, so... Ryback does, I keep calling him Ryback and Skip interchangeably, but Skip Sheffield is then involved in what was at the time considered to be like one of the biggest angles that they had done in years. Uh, the first season of Tough Enough was won by Wade Barrett, uh, who's now the announcer on, on SmackDown. I know you're oh, you're yes. a fan of his voice. I do, I like Wade Barrett a lot. R.I.P. Pat McAfee will always no! cherish our times together, is all I'll say. But... They did this angle where at the end of an episode of Raw, when John Cena and CM Punk were wrestling, that all the NXT rookies came out, all the ones who'd been part of that first season, they all had armbands on them. So it was like Brian Danielson and Wade Barrett and Skip Sheffield and Justin Gabriel. That's right, Heat Slater's there. What's going to happen? And they surround the ring and they just demolish everyone, everything. The announcers, the timekeeper... The chairs, the desk, the mats, the floorboards, everything gets ripped up to shreds. I remember at the time, be mouth agape when this happened. So we, I watched the whole segment here, I stuck it on with Joe. I want to know what your thoughts were on the uh, on this iconic Nexus debut. I mean, it was very silly. It went on way too long. Silly? Yeah. How is it silly? Oh, come on. They had beef against that chair. <laughs> they were like, man, fuck that chair. Woo! The chair took almost as many bumps as John Cena did. Literally. I like that Jerry Lawler got flung around. That was fun. And I did like that Jerry tried to throw a couple of punches because you know, hey. he's, he's, the, he's the wrestler, yeah. you know. And you were like, oh my God, who is that? I was like, oh, it's Jerry Lawler. Then you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh no, who's that? I'm like, that's Mark Eaton, the guy who throws Stone Cold's beers. Oh no, leave him alone. <laughs> I want him to be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. He should be. He should be. One of the most underrated talents in the entire wrestling business. Hell yes. And if you've ever been to an 
indie show where they've attempted to ring the bell and you're like the fuck was that and then a wrestling match has to start <laughs> you know that ringing the bell correctly and on time is a, is an unsung art is it all is. i'll say but uh, skip does get a little bit of a feature here you know that they have him like lay out john with the big clothesline and you know, everyone kind of surrounds the ring for him and you can see almost like these early elements of the Ryback character yes. because he's no longer yip, dip, dip, how do you do? He's all like kind of slapping his head and going, yeah. Yeah. You know, and they would go on after this to be like, look at this guy. He's a freak. Like he's always like flexing and his ears are popping and he's going, yeah. Like they were making out like he was like a Brock Lesnar type almost. Yeah, definitely. You know, Lesnar was all like mm. weird and jacked like that. So this was a huge, huge angle. I thought, you know. Really? Because the crowd are dead. The crowd are dead as well, though, because you have no announcers and no one knows what's happening. So mm. it's kind of, they don't know whether to boo it or not, I guess, because mm. they're seeing a weird happening unfold yeah. amongst them. Now, you didn't really hear much about the Nexus, I'm assuming, in your travels. No. Yeah, didn't really make the... Didn't penetrate didn't the mainstream. <laughs> yes, there was just the tip, but wrestling angle, essentially, <laughs> was what the Nexus was. So... <laughs> He did get a match. They did like it was uh, all the Nexus versus this WWE Dream Team that had a returning Brian Danielson and John Cena. Bret Hart was on the team. You just come in and throw a few little punches or whatever it was. And, you know, Ryback was part of that as well. Like they had the big Nexus invasion and they lost their big invasion match. And then I think it was like a week or two afterwards. The down in Hawaii, the rumor was is that you know Skip was going to maybe get run with the tag belts and start putting some you know heat on the uh, on the Nexus, you know, get him going a little bit. Wait, I don't understand how one person can have the tag belts. Oh, like with another member of the Nexus. I think oh. he was tagging with like David Otunga, whoever it was, right? Who you well, might remember as a shit announcer. Yeah, I do. And he was in Hawaii. They're doing a tag match, and takes a bad step, and he breaks his ankle. Oh, but brother. This is the professional wrestling business, not the professional playing around business. So he continued the match. Right. And the ankle broke in three places. Oh, And by continuing to wrestle the match, he broke his leg down to the shin. Oh, my God. That sucks. And I remember it being one of the only instances I can remember where someone, like, broke their leg. As, you know, you know people break a bone or here or there yeah. and rather than use, like, the whole fucking thing. Oh. And there was a lot of other instances like that of the Nexus of, like, hey, this is one of our guys, and then they got injured, or, mm. you know, Brian got released, or, you know, lots of bad stuff happened that kind of cut out the legs of it, but yeah, he's out for around a year and a half after that. Jesus, poor guy. Two bad surgeries. Oh, no. Do you remember that huge fucking scar he was showing off on his calf? Yeah, yeah. That's from the bad surgeries. Now, oh. I'm not sure what bad surgeries necessitates, but it feels like... You have to go into the knife three or so times to fix your broken leg. Yeah. Like, I think it's a miracle that the man is moving, you know, or ever moved after that. Yeah, apparently he was told he could never wrestle again. Which, I mean, that must be so heartbreaking right at the start of your career, just when you're getting some momentum. I know he's someone who has had at this point a lot of adversity in, in his, his career. Mm. You know, because he was in tough enough, you know, he lost his opportunity there. You know, he did talk about, you know, he fell into a deep, deep depression, you know, uh, after that. Finally pulls himself up by his bootstraps. He gets into uh, into Deep South Wrestling, has this big angle come up with the Nexus, and then literally a month or two after we're, we're getting going, he's out for a year and a half. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that he worked at Burger Shack for a short period of time. Yeah, he said he was working down in a, he was working like 12-hour shifts down in a, yeah. a barbecue joint. I think the idea was just like, 
work. Yeah. You know, he didn't talk to his family for like a year, oh. stuff like that. Just kind of because he was ashamed of you know oh. of what had happened. But I do think it's like, I think it's always good to hear stories. You know, if you've if you've experienced depression or whatever it is, it's always good to hear these stories that could be kind of you know I think it'd be quite inspirational, and inspiring for people. Definitely validating. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he's ever understood the kind of the the full value of that or or you know what a positive figure he could be i guess in terms of just like setting goals obstacles coming in your way and overcoming them yeah it's really inspirational and i think you if you were someone who was saying like hey well ryback's story inspired me after what he'd been through if you Mm. followed it closely enough i'd be like yeah i don't i I reckon so you know but the character that he had developing or ruminating around this time this was going to be about kind of you know reflecting on his his personal struggles whatever it was when he returns, he is a new character that he's developed, and this was a, a name he came up with himself, and that is Ryback. Ryback was going to be the new version of him, kind of like an evolution of the Silverback yeah, Ryan Reeves. Yeah, it takes Rye from Ryan and Back from Silverback and made Ryback. It's good. It's a good, catchy, unique name. Yes, I think like it is a very wrestling sounding yes, name. Yes, very. And you know, you got a lot of people. I think that. NXT group was a good example because you had Darren Young, Skip Sheffield, mm. Wade Barrett, They're quite long. Justin Gabriel. It was when Vince McMahon was like, "God damn, I love a first name and a surname." Yeah, but Ryback is like, that's a yeah. wrestling thing, it's right? It's a there. brand. It is. You can tell it's a hotly contested brand because they've been in litigation about it for the past six years. It seems that's WWE for you, baby. But I'm amazed that they let him go on screen with a gimmick mm. and a name. That for all intents and purposes, it seems like he is copyrighted and it is his. Yeah. Like, whatever about using your own name? That's like, I think they must have thought they owned it, right? Oh, surely. <laughs> they wouldn't have let him otherwise, right? So we looked at a good couple of these now. I think there's like a, a half a dozen or so. We watched uh, Ryback's early matches because Ryback came on like a house on fire and, and started a 38-match winning streak when he first came around. Whoa. So uh, we saw some of his early encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, any memories or thoughts of Ryback versus the Jobbers? Just that Ryback immediately, he's fully formed. He's final evolution, which is like really rare. You know, having done this podcast, I think it's so rare to see wrestlers immediately like debut as their character and just stick with that. And they have all their bits ready. Yeah. Because he's got like three or four catchphrases mm-hmm. in the bank because he comes out and he's feed me more you know he has stupid wake up finish it you know we i remember while i was watching this at the time i remember laughing my head off being like this guy's got so many gimmicks he has got probably too many but unlike you know ddp we always use the example yeah we cut forward like four or five years in his career. He's, he's still using them. still using them, them all, yeah. you know? Which, you know, credit to him. So, yeah. yeah. He's also got a butt now. <laughs> Early on in his, in his wrestling career, he was much more top-heavy, didn't have much of a butt. But he's fully formed now, and he looks like the proper street shark Ryback that I know and love. He's bigger than ever here, I think. Yeah. You know, like, he's, he's gotten progressively larger. And... They are really like trying hard to do something special with them because mm-hmm. they have like in the first match they have like all the the locker room are all watching on TV being like oh look at this look at this and like in the subsequent matches they had the announcers saying like it is appointment viewing when Ryback wrestles on TV like you want to see it mm. I'm not sure how many matches in we were on this uh, jobber slaughter quest that we went on until the Goldberg chance started. Oh, I I think it was straight away. I will say right now, okay, 
I always thought that the kind of Goldberg stuff was maybe overstated. Mm. Like, surely they didn't chant Goldberg in every one of his matches. No, I think they did. We've watched a lot of stuff for Ryback, yeah. folks. Mm-hmm. More than just the matches we're going to review in this episode. Yeah, yeah. And in every single one, he got right. He got. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he got Ryback chants. Oh. Never got a Ryback chant. The fuck. What, never? They went feed me more. Well, that's okay. That's okay, you know. But yeah, no, he got Goldberg chants in every single match. Now, we've done an episode on Goldberg. and yeah. We did an episode on Goldberg, and then also Goldberg came back for what many people consider to be the best run of his career. We reviewed it all on the, the How To Patreon reviews, you know, starting at Survivor Series and moving onwards from there. Not necessarily your favourite was Goldberg. I know he was an no. early example of like a guy where i don't know he was like super dominant yes is that, is that what it is you didn't like about him try try and articulate it for us here a bit i think mainly so i, I i've always respected the booking decision of goldberg because i think so much of wrestling is about good booking mm-hmm. and they booked him to the moon i just think they should have done it with someone with a bit more wrestling experience under their belt yeah because it was too much too soon basically and i think that seems to be the case with a lot of these gimmicks where they just get these guys who are huge but aren't maybe not to say that they don't have any natural ability or anything they just haven't got the practice under their belts you know it takes a lot of practice to get really good at wrestling it's it's a shame though with ryback because if you take into account you know from his developmental deal onwards he's been with the company you know seven or eight years at this yeah, point and i'm not saying that they're the same yeah i'm talking about goldberg here mm. i think goldberg really didn't have enough experience for how far he was pushed ryback has a bit of experience at yeah. this point but he's still not fully formed and that's the trouble they oh, often... but you just said he was fully formed okay no that's true i did the just gimmick say that. is fully the gimmick formed. is fully formed but i think as a wrestler he still had you know he improved a lot more even after this yeah. fact not to say he was bad he's still really good in my books but it's just you know the trouble is with these gimmicks where you're just burying jobbers is you don't get that practice in and you haven't yeah. earned that push. And then there's always this extremely bright spotlight on you then when yeah. you finally do have the non-jobber match. And you then know? oftentimes they don't fucking follow through with it. So yes. they start off these wrestlers' careers with like, oh, they're amazing and they can defeat these jobbers with like, you know, three three versus one and they'll still win but then like after a year of that they're like no we're bored now so now you're gonna lose really easily all the time and there's no story where it's like oh well the reason why he can't beat people as handily now as he used to is because you know he had an injury or there's a kind of something that happened that's affected his mindset just no we in the back don't view him like that anymore should you you not do that the other way around (laughs) like what i just i hate that but that's not that's not an issue with ryback that has nothing to do with him that is entirely a Vince McMahon and wrestling booking decision, which I don't agree with. And I will say, with regards to these early squashes with Ryback, you know, the Goldberg chants are there because it's like, it's a guy who was bald and muscular who comes out and he mows people over and he does so in quite short fashion. Yeah. But like every Goldberg match, you know, those original WCW, you know, 170 whatever I know that we were watching back then, it was like spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, wow. Yeah. Or maybe a second spear in there or press time or whatever it is and Ryback he quite quickly goes from the one jobber to then it's two jobbers yeah and he has three yeah and he has to do stuff like he has them both stacked up for his finisher at once he has to like powerbomb guys into other guys he's doing stuff that typically you don't have to do as a wrestler because very rarely do you have to like 
you know, wrestle two guys on top of each other or whatever yeah. it is. So I felt it was a little unfair, those chants, because oh, he yeah. was doing something that was very easy to see was different. Yeah, absolutely. I know? think the Goldberg comparisons are really unfair, and it's just the fans being mean. <laughs> Tell you he's being mean. All these early squashes with Booker T on commentary. Oh my god. This guy was ready with the shade he's in the back pocket, one so, in the chamber. So catty, Booker T. I'm so glad I'm retired, man. Yeah, you'll never catch me what? in the ring with Ryback. Oh my god. Very good that you've said things that could, on the surface, appear like you're just talking about this new Dublin yeah. character. But with any kind of a hang on, you're like, you're kind of making it that he's unsafe, essentially. Yes, you yeah. Know? We did see him as well wrestle uh, Sasha Banks, I believe now ex-husband. The guy who's the seamster. He was either uh, Fillmore or Hayes, this guy, uh, when Ryback did a two-on-one squash on them. But... The crowd does react to it, and the crowd did enjoy it. They yeah. are chanting Goldberg, but they are still <laughs> reacting. And that's, like, weird, because it's, like... I don't think everyone who's chanting Goldberg is doing it because they think, oh, this is this is derivative. Oh, no, some people are definitely doing it as a compliment. Yeah. Because they like Goldberg. A lot of people love Goldberg. And they missed Goldberg at this yeah. point, you know? You've been a few years out of the game, around, you know, so... And seeing a big guy squash little guys is fun in wrestling. And it was different. in Like, in WWE, in that period... God almighty, everything felt like so samey all the time. Like having just a bit where it's like, oh, there's a this guy has a gimmick and the gimmick is that he crushes people in no time. I remember getting really exciting when it was like, hey, he's going to wrestle Dolph Ziggler on Raw now. And you think, ah, right, well, Dolph will, you know, they'll have a, oh no, he squashes Dolph. He squashes Miz. <laughs> he had a match with uh, Lord Tensai and he couldn't even do the finisher on him and he still squashed him. <laughs> now, I think it was around this time there were some of these kind of, uh, I don't say rumours, but, or accusations, but there are some instances of people being hurt or injured along the way. Mm. I think Tensai was one of them. We saw and, uh, him try to pick him up and he just dumped him back down because he couldn't do it. Mm. And then there was another time with Dolph Ziggler where he concussed him with this huge yeah, clothesline. That was scary. Did you think he... I mean, I know that this is a difficult question to ask you because I think probably by your own admission, a lot of the stuff you might not notice. I mean, I don't notice a lot of the mm. time as well, but like, did he seem particularly unsafe to you or no, anything like that? Not at all. We watched a compilation of like the most deadly, dangerous wrestlers. And I thought it was really interesting that like nine out of 10 of them were all big guys. Yeah, it's like Vader, Stan Hansen, Ryback. <laughs> and like, yeah, if you're a big guy, like if you're just physically larger, you've got more weight to move around and you mm -hmm. often don't know the limits of your own strength so i think you are more likely to get accidents i don't think he's like dangerous in that he's like careless i i have this thing in my head and i don't think i'm based on anything other than i've got a bit of a feeling and like yeah. I, so you know take it for what it's worth which is probably not a whole lot but he seemed like a guy, because as we went along all these these matches, these squashes, it seems like the more kind of confident he got, the more that he thought that the fans were with him or that this was going somewhere, he was hitting a, thing, he was hitting a bit harder. Yeah. You know, that first match, there's a kind of a slight gingerly yes. nature to it that's I, not there in like 10 matches time. I would be longing if I said I didn't love that though. I, I like, thought that's, that's part of the gimmick, isn't and it? And that's like, the trouble with like, that's my problematic love of wrestling because I, I look at JBL doing a clothesline, I'm like, oh yes, please. <laughs> and like, people have said that that's dangerous yeah. because like, yeah, again, he's a big guy who's very strong and he's going hard and it makes for great wrestling. Yeah. But it's sometimes 
means that accidents happen and people get injured and that's i don't think it's my place to say whether or not that's you know appropriate i'm not a wrestler Mm. i've never been a wrestler i'm gonna leave that debate to the experts but as a viewer it makes for very compelling watching i think that it has been overstated the extent to which he is someone who causes a particular large amount of injuries because I do feel that most of the conversation that happens about this comes through the lens of kind of a popularity contest of him and CM Punk, which people are not talking about in like 2023 terms. It's like you're seeing people who are talking about videos from three or four years ago when, Mm -hmm. you know, Punk is still not back in wrestling and they think this lad is somehow, you know, the reason that's not the case or, you know, and I feel like Ryback as well, has absolutely lent into that. If you put a wrestler's shoe on, and we almost always do this, we go on YouTube when we're covering someone, we'll look to see other wrestlers shooting on someone. Ryback shoots on everyone. Yeah. It's almost impossible to find anyone other than Jim Cornette and that one CM Punk interview or Mark Henry shooting on him. Yeah. You know, it's very much kind of, I feel like he has lent into this controversy. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this morning when we went on, his most recent video is a shitty little YouTube short of like CM Punk be like how many times did i injure you and it's like just a clip of someone say lots your honor it's like (laughs) all right like you were clearly trying to turn yeah your negative reputation to a cottage industry to get you clicks which to be fair is the most wrestling thing ever you mean you might as fucking well like you know if you're going to try and stay in the public influence you know you could be mr like deny 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 like jbl or whatever it is but i feel like ryback has tried to own this fact about himself and i respect that because if you're not going to acknowledge that fact that that's an issue for you then you'll never improve and i think if you are tongue-in-cheek kind of gonna poke fun at yourself or try and be ironic or sardonic or whatever it is about just don't be surprised when people are like oh right yeah you injure loads of people then yeah that's the you know? trouble yeah i don't feel like i'm ever going to change anyone's mind about that fact you no. know <laughs> so ryback finds himself at the end of a 38 match winning streak in a very peculiar set of circumstances he is genuinely getting momentum he is getting a good reaction from the crowds other than the top guy john cena you are really looking at cm punk who's the WWE champion who is the top heel and the rock who is you know He's a big guy, but he's not in the company actively. If you look to see who the next top guy is, it's Ryback. Right, yeah. And CM Punk and John Cena are in a feud. They're meant to have a match at Hell in the Cell. John Cena is legitimately injured, but they're kind of hoping that maybe he'll be okay in time for the show. Mm. So they kind of string it out, and then they decide like a week or two beforehand, the title shot at Hell in the Cell, inside Hell in the Cell, is going to go CM Punk versus Ryback. For the WWE Championship. And suddenly his first non-squash match is for the WWE Championship in a main event in a Hell in a Cell against a guy who has got, you know, let's just say slight slight hesitation about working with him, jumping in head first. Yeah. Ryback's getting a big old go of it here. You know, we watched the segment that led up to this, which is CM Punk wrestling Vince McMahon, oh, which is... <laughs> I figured I just wanted to show that for you just to warm you up almost, like, you know? It's so funny thinking about the CM Punk stuff, like, just remembering that he wrestled Vince McMahon. Like, he gets upset at Adam Page talking about workers' rights. You wrestled Vince McMahon! (laughs) Come on, dude! (laughs) Yeah, but he did that before he left there, so it's it's okay. Like, if you wrestle Vince McMahon in AEW, Joe... (laughs) <laughs> big fucking big big deal right there okay we could, could see there's a reason now did Ryback seem in place here because you have like CM Punk John Cena Vince McMahon 
and here's Ryback as well. Like I, I felt it was admirable to try and loop him into this super main event S rank group of people. I guess you know. Yeah, why? I just feel like I couldn't think of a time around then where someone kind of made such a, a leap up the card almost oh yeah where they go from being like here's the guy with the momentum and like bam it would feel like almost as if like montez ford was putting a match with roman reigns at a pay-per-view you know i'd love that you know i would love that but <laughs> they wouldn't do that this is kind of an affront to the kind of the idea of like very long-term ideas but do you think that he is vince mcmahon's ideal right back in terms of what a performer should be could yeah. he be a champion for wwe back then no um but not for the reasons that i think people would think i think he is what vincent man wants in terms of an image and in terms of ability to like eat shit so important in WWE to eat shit, especially with Vince McMahon at the helm. Case I'm sure point, your champion at that time was CM Punk. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure Ryback, if he's listening, would agree. But I think to be a champion, and I think this is something that CM Punk also was not good at. To be a champion, you have to eat so much more shit than you would do otherwise. Because, plates and plates. And, and I think a lot of wrestlers think once you're a champion, that's it. You're on top of the world and you get everything so easy. No, you have no. to eat so much more shit, so much more. And it tastes worse. And it's shit that's been like left out in the rain or the sun. It's like really smelly. Wasn't that one of his mukbangs that he did where he had all these plates <laughs> of shit that had been left out in the rain and the sun? <laughs> but like you have to work so much longer, yeah. so many more hours. Like, yeah, okay, you get a private jet. That's good. But then also you have to do like hundreds of hours of charity work a week you have to do interviews and it's just it's not for everyone yeah and i think if that's not just a WWE thing as well because i think of like yeah. the hell year that you know dean ambrose put himself through when he was you know in wwe and then john moxie similarly did when he was the interim AEW champion working without a contract it's like if you are someone who's put in that position it is on you i guess to take it as seriously as you are going to take it but mm. like generally speaking yeah it's it's not like Arnie in in uh in pumping iron where it's like you're at the top you know yeah it's so easy the food is there like you know it's like no you gotta you gotta stay hungry you gotta yeah. keep at it mm-hmm. I feel like it was a very very intriguing proposition to have a guy like a, a champion like CM Punk who's a heel and he's been champion for like nearly a year against a guy with an undefeated streak who has all the momentum coming his way mm. but i feel like that's a classic example as well where we're coming up to now for our first match which is cm punk versus ryback for the wwe championship inside hell in the cell in 2012 i do believe this is a classic example of what they just refer to as booking yourself into a corner because mm. i feel like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because i'm sure as sugar that cm punk didn't want to lose his belt to the young upstart here the the new character on screen and also, I don't think that it was very good that Ryback was potentially going to lose his winning streak yeah, suddenly. it feels kind of lose-lose. And so, I know you're not the biggest fan of Hell in a Cell matches. No. And we did watch two for this episode. <sighs> Why do you do this to your wife? Is it because we did Bobby Lashley last time? It so is. This is my... But the next episode you're going to really like as well, so don't worry, okay? This is my cod liver oil tablet that I have to take. It is. This is your bitter medicine that you have to take, okay? <laughs> I want my wife to have a new appreciation for CM Punk. So here's CM Punk versus Ryback in Hell in the Cell mm, in 2012. Thank you. Ryback's got a couple of new uh, monikers and uh, gimmicks to his name. He's the human wrecking ball and also... Big Hungry. I love Big Hungry. Big Hungry! That's so funny. Absolutely love it. This video package they do where they're like, some men hunger for change, some men hunger for respect, and some men simply hunger 
for I think it's really cool and impressive that in a business like wrestling where pretty much everyone eats ridiculous amounts of food, like you're an athlete, of course you do, that Ryback is known for eating the most food. Yes. That's cool. That's cool. That's quite quite the, uh, the, the moniker to have. I would love to see, genuinely, I would love to see a bunch of wrestlers line up and who do can eat who most. can eat the most. I would love that. This is the Broken Skull Challenge. Due to budget cuts, we're going to see who can eat the most spaghetti and Alfredo sauce. <laughs> and Ryback would win. Big man at the back. You hungry? Yes, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for Alfredo sauce. And he's going to lick that plate clean. Damn strange. And I mean, he's got big lick the plate clean energy. When he comes out here, he seems like he's, you know, he's not the guy who is, even though we talk about him kind of fully formed in terms of the gimmick, you can see the confidence is kind of slightly building there now. Yeah. But I'd be lying if I didn't see a little twinkle of pure fear because fuck me, man, you're you're the only like non-John Cena main event or non-rock main event in like a year. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, he looks nervous. The audio firework for his entrance. I mean, let's talk about his entrance. I, I, I'm a big fan because there's lots of elements to it. His music sounds royalty free. And it's called meat. Did you know it's called meat? I did, yes. It's so funny. I've got a picture of uh, when it comes up, because it, back in the day it used to have these like iTunes covers, like album art, and it's just a picture of Ryback screaming with meat written on it. It's so funny. It's interesting that Ryback at this point in his career speaks more during his entrance than he does, you know, with a microphone. Because, mm. you know, the whole build-up to this, Vince McMahon talked a lot, John Cena hyped him up and said, everyone, ch- Ryback's the new guy, cheer for him. Mm. You know, Punk and Heyman talked a lot about him. Mm-hmm. But Ryback himself, he doesn't actually really speak that much. He's kind of like Goldberg in that sense and that he was mostly shtum for the earlier part of his career. But when he comes out, he does go, wake up, mm. it's feeding time. And he also has the bit where he slaps his head yeah. and goes, stupid. When he comes into the ring, he's got the audio firework yeah. where he moves his hand and he goes, bah, and then it goes. Pow. I like that. It's like cheap. Yeah, because they would always be zoomed in on him. I'd be like, I'm just assuming there's lots of fireworks yeah. going off. We're just, Kevin Dunn's just not letting us see them at this exact <laughs> moment in time. <laughs> they all do the chant. They do feed me more chants. And yeah. this chant has got arm movements as well. And you can see everyone's doing it. Before, mm-hmm. yes, 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 there was feed me more. It's really similar, actually. People like a chant. They do. People like to move their arms. Mm-hmm. And like... I'm amazed that there aren't more wrestlers where it's like, what's my thing that people are going to chant with me? Yeah. Because like, that's surely 101, right? Particularly in WWE. I think they don't like these days for wrestlers to do that because it gets too over. Like you think about Rusev Day. Yeah. And like they hated how over that they, got. They didn't. They made that calendar with fucking gritted teeth. They yeah. <laughs> I think they don't like it when it's like outside their control and the wrestler is kind of getting over for themselves without the machine behind them. Here is the kind of the mystery of Ryback. <laughs> it's my new novel, mm. Captain Kevin and the Mystery of Ryback. <laughs> the entire audience are going, feed me more. Mm. In sync with the man himself in the ring, moving mm-hmm. his arms up and down. They're all moving their arms up and down. And then they all start going Goldberg straight afterwards. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people, myself included at the time, would have been like, ah, see, it's not over. Nah, they're all chatting Goldberg at them. Nah, it doesn't work like that. It's like, I think something can remind you of something and that be good yeah. at the same time. Yeah. But I just think, I think this is a different thing. Imagine if this had all happened like, 
post Goldberg returned to WWE because this is like when Goldberg was persona non grata, I guess. So I think there's a little bit of like, oh, you're not meant to chant Goldberg, mm. like you weren't meant to chant CM Punk a few years ago. So maybe that's it, I guess. Maybe, yeah. The forbidden fruit. There's nothing that gets me quite excited for a match like Michael Cole going, "This is the 26th Hell in a Cell match live at WWE Hell in a Cell." Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> JBL calls Ryback ma back and also calls him flyback as well not diction's not the strong point of uh, of old bradshaw here no. i felt um felt this was strange i felt sorry for cm punk going into this match in some respects because i think he breaks his ribs in this one oh. <laughs> he gets the shit knocked out of him does old uh does old cm punk in this one the man looks sore yeah, and he's, he does. he's been actively made more, more sore. And having Paul Heyman on the outside be like, please, no, he's a human being. And like, oh, Paul Heyman makes me sick, Michael Cole. Like him <laughs> saying that he feels sorry for what's going on here. And we are four minutes into the match. And old CM Punk is cut up every which way. And yeah. it's, it's something I wasn't used to seeing back in 2012, I think. You the know. blood. Well, like. Your back bleeding? Mm. Your arm bleeding? Your leg bleeding? Like, I don't know why I'm such a, like, I'm like, oh yeah, if you, if you bleed from your face, that's fine. But it's like, that's so weird. Bleed from your elbow. I'm like, no. Oh, I like no. the opposite of that. Really? Yeah. You don't like the face blood? No, it's not that I don't like it. I'm just, it's the it's the knowledge that they did it on purpose. Right. It's the self-harm yeah. that I, it, it icks me out. Whereas if it's like accidental, it's kind of like, well... You, you know, I kind of figure, I don't know this to be true, but I kind of assume that if you're a wrestler and it happens in the moment that you maybe don't even notice because of all the adrenaline. Yeah. Whereas when you're doing it to yourself, you know. It's matches like this where I'm like, there's this other part of wrestling that we'll never really be privy to yeah. unless, you know, you know, you hear the volume turned up a little bit on a botchamania, but like, what's the negotiation like mm. in this match? What, like, is Punk saying, like, no, you fucking idiot, don't, you know, you dropped me on my fucking elbow there. Like, is, are you, are you, because Ryback seems kind of a little bit self-conscious as the match yeah, goes on. he does, yeah. You know, and is it because he's like, oh shit, it's the big match, it's the big main event, here we go, here we go, here we go. Yeah. Because it strikes me like Punk could be the kind of line where he's like, oh, you fucking idiot. Yeah. No, no not like Definitely. that. Definitely. You know, I, I kind of feel like wrestling and sex are the two times you don't want to receive oh. harsh criticism in the middle of it. Like, no, yeah. you idiot. Do it beforehand or do a debrief after. <laughs> not not sure? in the moment. <laughs> it's clearly like a very planned out i feel like you know they have their their bits on the way to make ryback look strong and all that punk gets his advantage when he sprays a fire extinguisher on ryback which goes all over his weird eye oh yeah his weird eye poor ryback's eye eye back let's an eye a weak eye what's going on with his eye i don't know because like we watched a bunch of the squash matches where it seemed to be the more he beat wrestlers the worse his eye got like. the thing i is the signs in the crowd yeah like, someone's like way big pink eye people illustrated it they love and it it's not pink eye it's different it's a <laughs> bruise no stop that my eyes are so itchy oh <laughs> please it's fucking horrible. But I will say, like, I remember, you know, I remember going back and watching those old pay-per-views in the sports bar with, with Adam Biblo and Billy Cable. And one of the pops that I always would be like, when his head's coming up, would be like, he's got a big fucking lake-sized pool of blood in there. I mean, you could say it's very effective for his character because he's yes. supposed to be big and scary and that eye is scary. Oh, it makes man. him look badass. I remember uh, having a 
meeting with a boss when I was uh, in, a, in a former former life and a former job and I was really nervous and really scared and like literally the first five minutes of the meeting like a blood vessel burst in my eye What? and he's one of these mad intense people where he's looking really close and he was like yeah yeah just sorry your eye there is just um some blood has come out there oh my god Kevin and I was like oh okay um, well, anyway, uh, on to the uh, very uh, serious oh, meeting that we're about to have now. It freaks like, me out so much. Oh, man, yeah. So maybe I literally Ra- feel sick now. Maybe Ryback was just stressed out. Probably. You know? It's a stressful job. It's a very stressful situation. But also he could have been punched in the eye because he's a wrestler. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> these these spots in the match, I think, are, generally speaking, very generous for, for Ryback and getting him over. And I think that Punk could have come into this match with, like, no, he's not ready and I don't want to work with him. Mm. But you wouldn't really know that just by watching the match itself, I don't think. I think he's quite giving in, in terms of, yeah. you know, right. Because you expect Ryback to squash the guy. And he is, for the most part, squashing the guy. Mm. The extra special sauce this match is Paul Heyman, I feel. You know, him screaming like, no, he's Ryback's still alive. You know, <laughs> like he's a scary monster or whatever that's going to come and get him. Punk seems genuinely exhausted towards the end of the match. And yeah. with... Uh, was really, really good reason. Uh, apparently, this is something Punk did that Ryback hated in real life, which is he started doing the Feed Me More chance to wind up, you know, the audience. Yeah. And he's like, I hated when he did that, wind- winding up the audience like that and, Man. you know, disrespecting me. How That's can you... literally his job. I feel like every other sentence is like, man, this guy gets, like, this is so rested. This yeah. Is, and then it's and like. And then it's like stuff like that. It's like, what? What? Like, that's Unless, like... is he working us? By saying that, does he actually not care? And by pretending to get wound up by it, he's continuing to work? Maybe. Am I know? giving him way too much credit? I don't know. Ryback, tweet in. I just like. Let me know. I just like that Michael Cole is like, and now CM Punk mocking the chant that Ryback partakes in. <laughs> I, mean, it's kind of, I want to believe that he is working us because, like, that's really effective if that is the case. Because, like, it's really, <laughs> it's really funny. To see a heel wrestler get actually worked yes. up by someone doing the most tame impression, the most wrestling tame impression of you ever. But he's meant to be a good guy here as well. Wait, That's... Ryback is? Yeah, yeah. But I, the, I, do, I cannot understand Ryback is a good guy. I'm sorry, I don't get it. Because he is, you know, he's meant to be the unstoppable force of momentum and the, the Why human is he wrecking ball. killing all the jobbers then? Because he's dominant, Joe. That's heel behavior. Is it weird? Because Braun Strowman did the exact same thing, and then it's, it's just how the announcers sell it, isn't it? Cause, Literally, yeah. You know, and they when they were doing the jobber stuff, they'd have him be like Disneyland, more like piss on me land. I hate Florida, <laughs> you know, boo, whatever it is. You I know? don't fucking get it. I don't understand. I'll tell you what Ryback does have, mm. in addition to the chance, the the look, all the gimmicks, yeah. you know. He's got that WWE, like, video game, you know, signature move, yeah. finisher, taunt, all that. <laughs> because he knocks you down, he goes into the corner, he starts moving his shoulders and the crowd go, feed me more. He then hits the big lariat, the meat hook clothesline. Love the name. Genuinely my favourite named wrestling move. Really? The meat hook. The meat hook. So clever on so many levels. I mean... Even taking away Ryback from the equation, it's a great name for a wrestling move for but he, that hook. He's so meat-centric. He's so meat-centric, and his music is called Meat, and yeah. he loves to eat meat. Yeah. It's just perfect. That's synergy, man. And you get the meat hook clothesline, and then he's, finish it. You pick him up for the shell-shocked, where he's over the shoulders. And, like, 
he holds people punk as well like it looks like they're all contorted and punk like waves his yeah, arms around like he's wiggly. no that was really cool yeah. the marching around the ring <laughs> that's the bit that always made me pop now you <laughs> you had a bit of a laugh at the old marching as well i think it's really funny yeah, yeah. reminds you of majora's mask was it so there's a mask in majora's mask that makes you march and it makes things march with you and i just want to put that music to right back marching around it's so fucking it's like it's over the top like yeah. you know it really is so he hits the shell shocked it looks like he's going to get the pin punk is completely dead to rights and then the referee stops him in his tracks hits a low blow him and punk pin him together and he goes one two three and it's over and it's a complete screw job punk wins and runs to the top of the cell to escape his punishment. And Ryback, to his credit, after wrestling a match like probably seven times longer than his next longest match, he's right up the top of that cell, yeah. does the shell shock on top of the cell, pulls down the straps, and the entire arena are chanting, feed me more in unison. You'd think that, all right, he didn't win, but that's... That's the stuff right there, right? Yeah. I mean, what? how'd you get on with the match? Like, you know, I know you don't like the Hell in the Cells. But this is very unique, I think, in many respects. I don't like Hell in the Cell, and I don't like WWE era CM Punk. You know, I think I said it on the episode, because it was kind of just before I really watched much of him in AEW. And at the time... You'd only just come back, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I didn't really get him at that point. I, mm. I, d- I haven't enjoyed his WWE career, but I think it's mainly because he was just very tired and hurt all the time. But, but yeah, we've had a lot of chats about CM Punk on the uh, yeah. on the AEW pay-per-view I've, reviews. I've come around on him a lot recently. <laughs> in spite of other in things. In spite of, you know, maybe even partly because of it. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. I, I, I do love to be worked. <laughs> so this, yeah, it, it's it's hard for me. I was being as generous as I can, even though I didn't love a lot of the factors in this. I think the match was too long. It could have been a fucking disaster. It could have been a disaster. And that's part of the reason why we we were all excited to watch this is like, the fuck is, like, this is going to be a disaster shortly, right? You know? I just don't think it needed to be this long, considering the finish. Yeah. Like, it made Ryback look a little bit weak, I think. Mm. Because CM Punk kind of managed to stay in that long and then cheated to win yes. and it's like we don't need both if yeah he's the yeah squirrely heel he should just cheat to win almost immediately mm. right why is he i don't know kind of mixed messaging on that one yeah no i totally get that you know and i think them trying to shift the heat then onto this referee yeah and they did the story and that's brad maddox and the yeah. storyline is that Oh, he was just a you know he was a developmental wrestler who couldn't get a break, and he was made a referee. And then Paul Heyman is like, if you do this one thing, I'll use all my influence to get you a, <laughs> a, a your big moment. And he gets his big moment, which is he gets to wrestle Ryback the next night, and he Ryback kills him. Right. But then it's like you've shifted away Ryback's issue from being with the WWE champion and the top heel manager and Vince McMahon and John just, Cena to just some, ref. just some guy. Yeah. And in spite of this being like, you could tell this was like a whole, you know, the whole writing team is going working overtime like how can we get out of this corner we booked ourselves into it's the best possible outcome because the audience is still with them and he's still over yeah. but you're never able like when hogan finally faced goldberg goldberg just fucking beat him yeah and it just felt like if they could pull the trigger there they probably should have here yeah I'm not saying that ryback would have been a great champion but it's just what he could have had versus what he lost it's quite quite uneven i feel like yeah but you got a rating for this bad boy i gave it three out of five stars that's more than i thought you would yeah it's more than i thought i would either to be honest but 
genuinely it was a fine match it's not great but it was good it's nice to see someone other than the obvious main event guy who's the in the main event get a go yeah absolutely you know you can look through all of those main events from that time period and you'd probably go that's the most unique one just yeah. because it's like names that you don't see listed everywhere else mm-hmm. i guess you know now, in terms of circumstances working against someone, having Ryback get beaten by CM Punk, you know, the top heel or whatever, is not necessarily a death sentence. Well, no, because it was a, what do you call it? Screwy finish. A screwy finish, yeah, yeah exactly. A, a screw job. And I think there are ways where you can have a kind of a, a screwy finish or a screw job, and then you can flip it around and, you know, actually capitalize on yeah, that momentum. definitely. But it ended up being more of kind of like when Goldberg got screwed over as well, where it's like, okay, they finally had a beat, and it's like, well, what happens after that is not as exciting as the undefeated guy and that's just you know? booking that's bad booking that is you that's know? like you not having faith in your own booking <laughs> well here's an issue <laughs> he gets a, a rematch in survivor series you know triple threat with john cena and a new cool group debuts and you might know this group they're one of the first episodes we ever did joe it was the shields the shield who in kayfabe were a group of guys who had been covertly hired by paul Heyman to ensure that cm punk kept the title no matter what and usually the person that they ended up inflicting their devastation on was Ryback. Mm. And no less than six times did they have the shield come out, triple powerbomb Ryback through a table and lay him to waste. He lost a number of matches against CM Punk. The debut match that the shield had against uh, Team Hell No and Ryback, you yeah. know, he got he got squashed there as well. And, you know, we did that for the shield episode, but I think it's just kind of worth pointing out that I guess one of the reasons the Shield got over was that they had them dominate guys who were like big deals. Mm. But there was no one who they dominated as routinely and succinctly as Ryback. It just feels like, like, yeah, you can do that. But I feel he needed a bit more of a push before you feed him to the Shield. Because like, yeah, he was beating all these jobbers. Yeah. But then you need him to beat some at least some mid-card, upper upper card guys. Yeah, that's the time you feel... give him a US belt or yeah, whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then when the Shield beat him, it feels like a much bigger deal. Whereas as it is here, it just feels like, oh, well, he never came up some against opponents who were legitimate. Yeah, you wouldn't have like Woody get triple teamed by three Buzz Lightyears yeah. six times in a row and then wonder how come he can't main event Toy Story 2, you know? <laughs> it won't work out that way. So there is kind of a feeling coming up to WrestleMania, which is going to be Ryback's first WrestleMania, that we need to pick a solid, a solid guy for him to go up against. Maybe someone, you know... To build him up a little bit. You had this when Roman Reigns was getting his first push. They put him against Big Show and Randy Orton. And it felt like, oh, this isn't the most exciting matchup. But we can look back now and kind of go, well, those matches helped build him up in the, you know, the, the officer's eyes or the fan's eyes or whatever it is. So Mark Henry, as an opponent for Ryback coming into WrestleMania, I think that's a pretty, pretty good shout. Yeah. Because this is after Ryback, after Mark has done most of his Hall of Pain stuff. He's got momentum, but he is towards the tail end of his career so they have this feud that's all built around feats of strength who can bench press the most who can you know bend the most pans who's the strongest feels a little unfair for ryback why because he's going against the world's strongest man literally the world's strongest man like not a kayfabe thing this is shoot this guy's an olympian but there in these (laughs) bits leading up to it it's very much like you feel it's gonna be a passing of the torch like like ryback is as strong as mark henry 
And I just wouldn't maybe... want to draw any comparisons there if I were them. I would only draw comparisons between them if... And this is what we all thought. We thought, right, Mark's retiring, right? He's... Oh, right, which of course, right, yeah. like, The big <laughs> thing is that it's going to be WrestleMania. Mark's going to get picked up for the shell-shocked and he's going to be like, oh my God, no. And the big power man gets dominated by the new power man, new world's strongest man, Ryback. And instead what happens is they have their match. It's really boring. Ryback goes to pick him up for the shell-shocked and he's like, oh no, I'm not strong enough. And he falls over and Mark Henry just squashes him and Mark Henry wins. Ouch. And I don't want to say that the man's career was never the same, Mm. but like I do remember the tiny gasp of the last vestiges of his of his popularity in the room we were in kind of disappearing because he was just kind of like oh okay then he lost to the kind of like it'd be like if jungle boy lost to christian in the the kind of end of their big feud or whatever it's kind of like the obvious way to go here and i was quite shocked to find out the extent of the heat between these two men that exists to this day over this we listened to a clip or two of mark henry Shooting hard on old Ryan back, Ryan Reeves. Ryan back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what what was the cusp of Mark Henry's problem with uh, with Ryback? Did you uh, did you ascertain? He wasn't specific. I would have liked to have had specifics. This is a trouble in a lot of these shoots. There's a lot of feelings involved. Yeah. And a lot of stuff which I feel goes unsaid. And and men who are not particularly great at expressing their feelings. Yeah. Writing down how they feel and talking it out. Yeah, and then there's fans like us who are like trying to read between the lines and like work out what they're really saying. And it's like impossible. But basically... <laughs> I was going to just say like, Mark Henry, like if I was going to say like, look at all the people we've done episodes on. Pick three people you think have had shitty things to say about him. Mark Henry wouldn't be at the top of that no list, would he? No way, no. Mr generally calm cool and collected i mean statesman-like he does I would occasionally say. have these beefs with people i remember we did the episode i can't remember who it was but there were a couple of couple people beefs. he randomly was just like i i hate them and yeah. it's like whoa that seems really out of the blue for someone like you but i guess we all have our nemesises nemeses and i guess his is ryback and <laughs> he seems to say that ryback is disrespectful of the business but he didn't say how and that's the shit i hate right because in wrestling anything can be disrespectful you can shake someone's hand wrong yep. and it's like wow you've disrespected the business brother or did you see you... how they shook everyone's hands so disrespectful or you ate in the locker room near someone's bag oh my god brother you banned from the locker room you disrespected the business brother now you gotta get changed in the public toilets brother i thought you'd be like hulk hogan like you're banned from the locker room brother because no one is allowed by rocker room but me brother yeah to get away. no no boys well on that <laughs> unionizing can be seen as disrespecting the business by some yeah, people like it's true. just it just it means nothing i think what it is is that this is one of the because because it's one of these moments and like literally if there's any moment and the beat along the road of ryback's career where it's like oh people have talked about this and you know drawn this from it he'll have a video where he's you know 10 minute video where he's talked about it on his podcast or his live stream whatever it is seems to be the gist that he had was that he blamed mark for being the shits in the ring and those were his words saying that he basically buried him in this match that they had and he made him look weak and he didn't know how to do business i.e you didn't like 
make me look kind of positive and you know help build the next chapter of the wrestling business by right. putting over the younger guy. But that's guy. not Mark Henry's fault, though, is it? That's again, it's a booking decision. Well, Ryback's issue was is that you know he wanted to work through the ideas for the match on the day of the show, like most wrestlers would do, you okay. know, and he couldn't find Mark anywhere, and he apparently was got really stressed out that Mark wouldn't talk to him about what they were going to do in the match, mm. and then it's like a half an hour before the match. And I find this guy and he's asleep. He's napping. Mm-hmm. He's fucking so disrespectful to be asleep at WrestleMania. I'm sure you could say the exact same thing about Ryback and eating. I mean, and it would be as equally unfair. All I'll say is that like Mark Henry, like, he, he redressed that charge explicitly. And he's like, look, if anyone knows me in wrestling, it's like I get my naps in. Yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, is it 20 minutes before the bell? go wake up Mark because usually I'll be having my little nap around then. Wrestlers have all sorts of weird routines before their matches. Who are we to tell the world's strongest man how that particular piece of machinery works? Absolutely. He knows. If he he needs his nap, he needs his nap. But they they didn't get on well from, from that respect. And I think Mark is one of these people who has taken great issue with Ryback's kind of contrarian, almost anti-wrestling slant for a lot of his podcast topics yeah where it's like ah it's all, it's all fake anyway you know mark makes out like he's this big deal because he's a world champion it's a prop brother they just give it to you it's the vince russo school of controversy where it's like kind of making it the, not that you're bigger you're better but you're above the kind of the minutiae of the drama and the politics of wrestling and you can easily point over people who are criticizing you and go oh, you just take it too seriously don't you i love that no one ever points at the undertaker and says that <laughs> Like, come on, Mark Henry. Like he ate plates and plates of shit for he years. Ten years of it, Joe. Like, listen to the episode if yeah. you want to find out. Like, and he stuck through, and I think that's really admirable. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird target to pick on. And yeah, that's it because you're gonna you're coming at someone who like treats the idea of the business as like fucking hallowed ground. Yeah. And if you disrespect that, then it's like you disrespect the food I put on my family's table and the roof yeah. over our heads and how dare you and all that. So I think like, and it got, it spiraled out of control to the point where I think this busted open was where Mark made the comments. You can't actually find those clips on YouTube anymore. I think they kind of, they just got rid of them or whatever because mm. it was too much beef or drama for what it was worth. But at one point he was like, I'm going to, like, if I see you, I'm going to fight you. Like I will, hey, and Mark it, Henry said yeah. That. And Mark's like, if anyone in the wrestling business takes himself seriously, if they see you, they're going to want to do the same thing as well. We're going to find out how tough a guy you are. And basically saying like, "Hey, we're going to get you," you and know. Said, and Ryback's like, "Guys, pylons aren't cool. You shouldn't do that when one person is singled out and you send a load of people their way." To Ryback threatened to sue him, by the way, for that, saying okay. that he was uh, instigating a. Uh, a riot or instigating physical harm against him whatever it is right then it's just kind of you realize that you're just feeding into the psychodrama and more like you're just feeding into what's going to get me clicks this week brother because you know jim cornette's got a nice little side hustle like most of the videos about ryback shoots are jim cornette shooting on ryback shooting on mark henry shooting on ryback shooting on booker t yeah what the fuck like you know (laughs) but needless to say damage was done at that point the night after wrestlemania ryback turns heel and decimates john cena and me and joe sat down to watch a very intimate interview with ryback against a black screen where he revealed all the reasons why he decided to take out his frustrations on john cena this is like the longest i think ryback had ever talked uh, these promos that he did in the black void Mm. very very of the time scripted lengthy diatribe from a heel just to give his 
in-depth rationale. Feels very Vince McMahon. Really feels like he was behind the camera being like, now say extemporaneously. The extemporaneous nature of your relationship with me, John, led a lot to be desired. Quite frankly, be as it may, things were as they were. Not everyone talks like Vince McMahon, Vince. Can you well, please they all do in 2012. <laughs> you pointed out you could see the eyes kind of darting Moving, around. Yeah. Now, I like the idea of the big intense dude just being like, I'm the biggest threat to your, to your championship, John. Yeah. But man, if they didn't make... I mean... He's, he's gone up to main event against John Cena as a top heel in a bunch of matches. Surely they're not meaning to bury him. But they literally haven't been like, six times I got beaten up by the shield and they beat me up over and over and you never saved me, John. It made him seem like such a baby. Yeah. Like, it happens in wrestling, right? And when wrestlers decide randomly to be like, hey, how come I don't have friends? Yeah. That's just... Yeah. Again, I just don't like the way they've booked him here. It's just it's inconsistent and it's like they i don't know it really feels like because i've heard a lot before about wb having a case of like writers leaving there's a big like high turnover huge turnover and it really feels like they had some writers who kind of got what ryback's potential was and then they left because they didn't like the working environment fair but then someone else took over and was like who's this piece of shit i don't give a shit <laughs> bury let's, him let's finish it off yeah it's just I get heels need to have justification. Yeah. But for me, when it's a kind of a savage type of wrestler, I want their justification to be like, see that big goal thing you have? I want I it. I want it. Yeah. Fe- like, if they're like, why ride back? Why? You'd be like, why feed me more? That would have been that enough. That's great. But instead, he's like, John, last night at WrestleMania, I lost to Mark Henry. It was the worst, worst night of my life. I'm at the bottom of the ladder staring up and you had a great night. You beat The Rock. Well, I'm going to skip in line now and There's beat you There's <laughs> no way to say any of that without sounding whiny. Yeah. I mean, I feel he's a natural fit as a heel more than a face. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, with how he looks. Yeah. He looks scary. He looks like a street shark. Sorry again, Ryback. It is a compliment. I think a huge issue with these matches that he had with John, for me at the time, because at the time I didn't rate them at all. Mm. You know, I was like, fuck that. And why did I not rate them as well? Because we got world champion Daniel Bryan over here. And all the tag champions are the Shield. And uh, Dean Ambrose, the sexy motherfucker with an earrings, the US champ. And, uh, you know, there's all this, like, this new generation is coming in. And, you know, we were skipping back through those Hell in the Cells. You know, the second year of Hell in the Cell, he takes on CM Punk again. Like, the year after that, it's like Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins in the main event. Like, they really have this... Yeah, it changes fast. It does. So, at the time, finding that Ryback is going to face John Cena, who I didn't... I didn't have a lot of time for John back then. You know, very upfront saying that. No taste, this man. No taste. No taste. See who I have to podcast with. Whatever. Me and my... I put manners on you. I did. Me and the boys want to go into the snooker hall and boo John Cena. about John Cena. (laughs) Man, I wish Seamus would just get a push on (laughs) you. You're getting a girlfriend to appreciate how good he is. It did, and to ruin our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It put manners on all of us. So, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was kind of shocked when there's a couple of people recommending this match tomorrow to do mm. which is the three stages of hell that's because our fans know me they and they do. know what i like and you like your big silly wwe main event I do. with I all do. the bells and all the whistles I don't you love it and look, i love it <laughs> do you want to see ryback in a 25 minute main event no. no but do you want to see three mini main events each with a silly gimmick in that 25 minute period yes well that's what we're gonna do it's three stages of hell John Cena versus The Ryback from Payback 2013 for the WWE Championship. This was 10 years ago, and I, like you, 
I'm incredibly sick about that fat. I feel Aww. like a dusty old skeleton now. I'm sorry. Full of green dust. <laughs> uh, don't need that. Uh, hell one is a lumberjack match. This is the first stage of hell, not hell one. Sorry, the first stage. Hell one. Hell one. <laughs> hell one. Ryback zero. This is <laughs> the first stage of hell is a lumberjack match. I don't like lumberjack matches. Why don't you like the old LJM? Because oftentimes I don't think they're booked appropriately i think they're often like a throwaway idea of like we don't know what to do with these two guys just put them in a lumberjack match and then we'll just make it up as we go along because there's a lot of really qualified guys out there for yeah. them to deal with we want to get them all on screen like i love the idea the concept of a lumberjack match is really interesting especially with something like this where you've got john cena who is so beloved by everyone and ryback who has so much backstage heat yes the idea of like that coming back to bite them in the ass because all of the wrestlers don't have their backs. And I thought that's kind of what they were going for with this at a point. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who, like, I will say hats off to the 2013 cast of Monday Night Raw, main event of Superstars and Total Divas, I guess. (laughs) There's a lot of people here we recognize for that exact reason. But there was a lot of great facials going on here. There was the the faces and, like, they were, like, mad concerned about John because they didn't want this jerk Ryback to win the belt. But then they also, like, beat the shit out of John Cena. Yeah, because there's, there's so, guys out there who are like, they're sick of John, they want yeah. they want his time to be over finally, you know? I just think it gets a bit complicated when there's lots of different things going on. But maybe that's a an element of wrestling that will grow on me as I become more into it i guess i don't i don't you know? know but i thought it was really ridiculous how like you have all the the normal lumberjacks the mid carders and then you've got kane and the great carly <laughs> as boys. lumberjacks and it just looks weird it's just out of place but i like that you've got this kind of i mean i wrote down what a wild bunch of freaks these lads are yeah. i mean that's what it felt like to me hey we got cody rhodes in the crowd here huh do, with a little mustache a little vince mcmahon mustache <laughs> alleged <laughs> alleged mustache okay Okay. Now, I don't know about you, Joe, but uh, I can't help but think back to, to, to all of Cody's promos in the run-up to, to WrestleMania 39 about, you know, all the undesirable nature of his earlier gimmicks. Mm. You had a lot of time for Stardust. Love Stardust. Maybe we could retcon it so that uh, all the stuff he hates and doesn't want to talk about is when he had a mustache. Great. I hope so. Mustache wasn't ready. Yeah. Mustache, I mean, I remember coming home and just breaking into tears with Brandy because I was so ashamed of my mustache. <laughs> Ryback Singlet says unlimited energy. I mean, you're really giving me a big promise in terms of gas tank here if you're telling me that, like. Is he not promoting his supplement? Because he does have a supplement with, That's a, true, yeah. I think it's 450 milligrams of caffeine in, which is like the equivalent of like 10 cups of coffee. What? I, my numbers may be off. I'm not. I'm, I haven't written this down Flash but I was reading the reviews and people were like yeah if you if you like want your caffeine this will wake you up <laughs> value for money like yeah <laughs> I will say Joe didn't sit down and read Ryback's self-help book but she did re- I actually did read a bit of it you did read a bit back in the day back in the of course yeah you when did. you reviewed it I was fascinated Get so I read a bit through. of it we did have a, a listen through of the Bibliotech from the Attitude yes. podcast of, of Wake Up It's Feeding Time mm-hmm. and the man's got opinions on supplements and stevia and mm. uh, sucralase and uh, eating aspartame, aspartame and uh, blood types yeah. and getting off of planes. <laughs> he's a heel now, Joe, so he's got to have a heel beanie. <laughs> I don't know what I think about the beanie. I will tell you right now that fucking t-shirt with the sleeves cut out. The tabard. The t- <laughs> is he like a surf? Yes. <laughs> 
He's a knight. Uh, it's more like a tunic, an open tunic, is it? No? Or is it's it tabard? tabard? It's a tabard. Yeah, tabard. It's my least favourite thing in wrestling. Oh, I love it. I fucking hate it. Oh, I love it. I don't love it on everyone, but I love it on Ryback. With the singlet, I think it looks really cool. Well, because no shirt is big enough to hold the big guy. Is that it? Yeah. You know, he's massive. He's I don't know, huge. It's just, it's just different. It's unique. Like, not everyone does it. I'm always, you know, like, people turning their t-shirts into crop tops or tying them up in a new way. Like, I just, it just, it's nice to not see someone wearing a t-shirt the way everyone else wears a t-shirt. And I'll tell you what, six months or thereabouts since the, the, the Hell in a Cell match... And you know he's working as a heel here, so it's going to be a slightly different style. But I was really surprised the smoothness with which this man was moving with John Cena, who's like, you know, I know he's much better here than he would have been back in the day. Yeah. But you don't expect, you know, you would have assumed him and CM Punk would be better dance partner or whatever it is. Not but me. I would have assumed John Cena was better. These two lads actually are, are yeah. really smooth. No, I was excited for this because... I mean, I'm not tainted by early John Cena when he couldn't go as well, but I, I loved, I think John Cena is a great wrestler when he fights big guys yeah, because yeah. he's so strong and he's so snappy. And there's a way to all the stuff they yeah. do here. You know, when he's picking up Ryback, there's probably like, God, like, hitting, yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah. a big guy shit. I love it. So yeah, I was, I was really excited for this. And honestly, I was very satisfied by it because Ryback can keep pace. That's true. John goes so fast and he's such a heavy man. He's so dense. But Ryback is absolutely up there with him. I heard the, the term muscle bound being used and actually it means that you have so many muscles that it hinders your movement. That's what I always thought Ryback would be like. I always assumed that wrongly. Ryback wasn't... Yeah, I know he's we, not We did most... get that in some tweets where people like showing gifts of his entrance being like, look, he can't move his arms the whole yeah, way he's, up. He's, but... Okay, he's not that flexible. Like Bobby Lashley, work, though, Bobby know? Lashley is very flexible. He does yoga twice a week. I don't think Ryback's doing, maybe not doing the same kind of regime, but he can move really fast for a guy his size. Yes. And that is so cool. It's funny because because like so often in WWE, particularly in the olden times, it's like you just get it into your head that a lot of these guys can't move because they're being hammered over the head by agents and producers and Vince McMahon himself being like, you're a big guy. Yeah. You should A, you know, don't don't leave your feet. Don't mm-hmm. move too fast. You know, if you're going to get hit, you have to sell lots. God damn it. And, you know. It's funny because I've listened to wrestlers do podcasts where they're like, yeah, you know, one week Vince is like, God damn it, why can no one sell anymore? Y'all got to sell, 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 sell. And like two weeks later, he's like, you're all lying down the mat taking a seat. Where's the yeah. action? Get up, you know? And I feel like Ryback is one of those people where maybe sometimes the wrestling style has been judged more, you're more judging what the producers and the man yes. himself wants and what the guy can do. Definitely. And you know, definitely the case with heels and with big guys. And he here is a big heel. Yes. So, yeah, obviously, you're not going to see all of what he can do. Now, we didn't get a Goldberg chant immediately in this match. Immediately. What instead we got was a Rob Van Tam chant. Yeah. RVD. Or VD. Now, I, I want to, to put to bed any controversy that's out there. Because I think there are some people who thought oh, that yeah, there, they thought there was, heat, there was heat between the Ryback and the Rob Van Dam. And this is because of the singlets, yes, right? Yes, like, similarities. There are definitely similarities. Like, in the last match, Ryback's singlet looked, had cum dripping off it. <laughs> and Rob Van Dam also had a singlet that looked like cum dripping off it as well. So, definitely similarities there. Rob Van Dam shrug gif. But you say there's no ill will there between those two men. Rob Van Dam gave his blessing. Far, far from ill will. This is one of the rare examples of almost too much politeness in wrestling Ryback approached Rob Van Dam to ask if he could approach his spray paint guy 
And then, like, Rob Van Damme's spray paint guy separately approached Rob and was like, is it okay if I do it for someone else? And Rob was like, spray paint guy, I've been telling you to do other wrestlers' things for years. You're so talented. This is a, you know, you could be making big business out of this. So, full blessing across the board there for, nice. for all the singlets. Good of Ryback to ask permission and good of Rob to give that blessing. I think that's really nice. What a wholesome wrestling moment that I is. I know. I love that in spite of all that, it was still like, oh, there's heat, brother. Rob, yeah. Rob is going to punch him the first chance he gets. Sorry, it just came to me, the, the random Mark Henry quote about Ryback that I can't get out of my head. Are you a champion in your own home, Ryback? Does your mom like you? Does your dog like you? <laughs> Do your dogs like you? For what it's worth, I think Ryback's dogs absolutely love him. Hell they, yes they do. They yeah. are very well looked after. They are spoiled. He, he loves, I mean... Not, in a good way. In a good way, yeah. Not too spoiled. Uh, he loves those dogs. Sorry, you know, the former companion animal welfare researcher says spoiled. It yeah. comes a bit of weight with it. I will retract my remark. <laughs> He's spoiled in a nice way. Yeah. In nice, nice They dogs. are very loved. Ryback presses John Cena over his head and over the top rope. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. He really is like proper. You can see there's like this big like. <sighs> and I thought at the start, I was like, oh, looking a bit shaky there. But I'm like, no, it's fucking John Cena. Like, it's cool that you could do this. And you yeah. should sell that it's fucking yeah. insane to do it. Yeah, because he's Mr. Meat. <laughs> you know, with the fact that you. I just think is like, I always feel like, oh, stuff shouldn't look so super effortless. Because if you, as the guy doing it, show that it's a bit of a struggle. Then it means more when you actually do it, yeah. as opposed to it all being effortless and tossing Absolutely, people around. Yeah, or whatever it is. I think as modern wrestling fans, we are very used to everything looking really weightless. <sighs> There's an element of that classic wrestling which I think is just hard hitting, selling the weight of your opponent. I I love that. I'll tell you though, you want to talk about weightlessness when John does the AA when he gets Ryback and he tosses him to the outside. Mm. Jesus, it's like the Red Sea parts. All the wrestlers I ran know. out of the way. Was that meant to be like everyone hates the bully Ryback and no one wants to catch know. him? But like, it was like, lads, there's 30, there's literally 30 of you, not mm-hmm. one person. And he landed horribly on the apron as well. Yeah. I don't get the sense that he was very well liked amongst his peers sometimes. No. I mean, I listened to, was it Dutch Mantel, Zeb Coulter, talk about Ryback and he's like, there's some people who go out there in the middle of a ring and they get heat with everyone in the audience. Ryback's like that, except he can go to any locker room in the country, any company, and he'll get heat with everyone in the yeah. room. You know? Oh, I feel bad. Like, I got do, bad vibes around him. Like, have you ever known anyone with bad vibes? Because it it's really hard not to get kind of carried away by the bad vibes and not buy into that. What do you mean? Like, was it someone has like, oh, people don't like this person. There Ergo, s- I shouldn't. There are certain people who are just unlikable. And I'm not going to say that's Ryback because I don't know him. I don't know the guy. Yeah. But there are people who are very unlikable. And let's not conflate a, you know, a wrestling character on a TV show yeah. from 10 years ago with a real life person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not, not what we're doing here at all. But I think a lot of times people get caught up in the fact that someone is dislikable maybe just because they're not very charismatic or something and then they see people being mean and then they get laughs and it's just like being in school again you kind of end up bullying the person who's maybe a bit of an inadvertent bully themselves i mean we had some people in the tweets being like oh daniel bryan bryan danielson he's a bit of a bully of about him like what no i completely believe that the moment i heard that i was like yeah and then we went we watched a few clips of brian talking about him and it's like shit he's talking about him in that way that you talk about the kid in class that everyone kind of makes fun of and you know you can kind of get away with it it was the table for three with 
Brian, Dolph Ziggler and Ryback that made me really go, ooh, ouch. Because like Dolph Ziggler is such a mid-carder and I think he would just go along with whatever the not, guy... Not controversial, yeah. Not controversial, but I think he's going to go with the flow depending on what that flow is. And Brian immediately is like, he's nitpicking at everything Ryback says. Because R- Ryback brings Anything. up... The, 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 the topic is like the Intercontinental Championship and Ryback is like... Hey, do you guys think the Intercontinental Championship is cursed? And obviously what he means by that is, do you think there's bad luck? That's all. And straight away, Brian is like... What, you're a witch? Do you believe in witchcraft? Let's you all hold freak? hands. Let's hold hands and be positive. Me. Did you envision the Intercontinental Championship on your vision board? And he's like, well, um, actually I did. And yeah. I'm, I'm only asking it because the producer over there said that's the next topic that we have yeah. to talk about. Like, you fucking idiot. And like, there was a part of me before where it's like, Era, he's as much a bully to Ryback as he is to AJ Styles. Yes. You know, kind of, right. You don't subscribe to their personal beliefs about something that you find to be a bit ridiculous. And also, easy target. Yes. Because he gets upset. And, and that's classic. Bullies love to have an easy target who gets upset because it gives them an audience. I, I've come from the world of science and research and, you know, attended events that had the word skeptic in the title and all mm. that. And... There comes a point in your life sometimes when you realize that, I don't know, that being right about everything, yeah, you know, it, it's not the most important thing. And I don't think that Brian's like, well, I have to be right about anything. It's more like, I can't in good conscience let this person talk about this thing yeah. that I find a bit silly. I have to like nip it in the bud. Yeah. Maybe he thinks he's doing it to save the millions who are watching in yeah. case they may fall into the trap. But it for me... It comes across really cruel because does. Ryback... You know, for all we know, Ryback could be a massive prick behind the scenes. He could be being horrible and a massive bully to everyone. We don't know. But the issue is, is that Brian's doing this on camera, on television, in front of everyone. Yeah. So he comes across looking way worse. Yeah. And like, there's all these like, you know, Rosenberg, Sam Roberts, whoever it is. And like, Brian's like, I want to talk about Ryback. It's just like 10 minutes of him talking about how fucking stupid he is. It's like, you know what? If you're not really good mates and you're slagging someone off all the time like that and they don't do anything back to you. That kind of is just bullying. Yeah. You know, the reality of it is that, I mean, just you know. Just say it, like, to your wife. Just say it, like, <laughs> or your friends. Like, you don't need to. And I, I think it's the issue with, like, Twitter Brian married the well. wrong Bella. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. You know? I'm sure <laughs> Brie is capable of that, too. Perfectly mean enough. <laughs> but, like, I feel like so much these days, we're just all encouraged to get angry and vitriolic against yes. people we don't know. And it's just like, for what? For why? It's unnecessary. There's Life's too short. <laughs> Life's too short to not experience John Cena diving onto a sea of wrestlers. And, you know, seeing Ryback being thrown over the top rope, everyone, like, parting like the Red Sea. And there's like, everyone, look, John is diving. Let's all come, come around. Literally looks like a flying squirrel. I love that man. That was such a moment. So cool. Like, John falls like a stone. Amazing. Like, you know, there's no there's no way in hell he should be able to do that. It's quite a Roman Reigns spot, actually, isn't it? No, Roman Reigns is like a fucking beautiful swan when he does that dive, Joe. Aww. John fell off like he was a big filing cabinet being thrown out of a derelict no, building. You were beautifully. I, mean, I loved it. it. It was. It was nothing wrong. It was amazing. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you, you take away those 30 people, that's a man like who's not hitting the water in the pool when he dives. But that's different. He, he knew he had 30 people to land on. You're going to jump differently, aren't you, if you've got 30 men yeah. rather than one man who has to catch all of you. And like we have this huge moment. Everyone falls down except for Tyus O'Neill who stands up and then sees that everyone has fallen oh, down and then he, si- he sits down. <laughs> John gets tossed back in the ring. Ryback gets caught in the STF but in like a real like, hey, he's a big deal. He 
breaks out of John's yeah, submission move, hits the shell shocked, and just pins John clean, which is like something that did not happen really at all back in those mm. days. So Ryback was one to nothing. Hell one goes to Ryback. <laughs> What's our second stage of hell, Joe? It's a tables match. Ooh, always so, enjoy these. I do. I do like a tables match. It's fun and normally quite short, which I like. And also, it's all your favorite things. Yeah. And an issue that can sometimes happen with table matches. I think this is something that when a lot of the women started getting table matches in WWE, I was like, "Fuck's sake!" Like, because it's like it's a match where one table breaks at yeah. the end, and I'm like, I want to see more stuff than one table break. It's a table match. And boy, have they got the antidote to the low table break in a table mm-hmm. match conundrum here. They smash like four or five tables in this. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. You have Ryback picking up the steps and going like, yeah, to smash John. And John gets out of the way and they just like, bram, break the tables up. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. There's a moment where John picks up Ryback as if he's going to put him through a table, but Ryback quickly flips it away with his hand. Yeah, while he's in the AA. While he's in the like, AA. Like, so cool. I've never seen it. I'm sure it happens all the time, but I've never seen that before, and it, I loved that. Do you see that with the Dudleys a lot, where, like, you know, someone's about to go through the table, and, like, Devon would, like, throw the t- He'd save his partner, or whatever uh, it is, you know. But that's not as cool, though, as you doing it to it, save While yourself. you're in the move. Yeah. Really, really cool. It's fucking awesome. His energy is seemingly limited towards the end of this fall, as, like, you know, they're, both men are getting quite quite red in the face and yeah there's a lot of sweat let's just say a lot of sweat more yeah, sweat than i'm used to seeing wet match john cena does reverse the shell shock we do get a goldberg chance we certainly do and that makes us like five for five for all the matches mm-hmm. we've seen the attitude adjustment hits through the table and we're on one a piece here let me tell you i don't know if i mentioned yet ryback's new 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 catchphrase and he's got a lot obviously folks but the new heel catchphrase, Ryback rules. Love it. I love how simple it is. How like he does it when it's like he's holding big steps going, I rule. It's really cringe, but I love it. It's a big bully fucking asshole. I feel like it's perfect for children. Yes. And I don't mean that as an insult. Please don't quote me as an insult. It's PG at this point in time. Yeah, it's PG. And like, is that not the point to sell yeah. merchandise to children? Like, yes, you, that's your job. Oh man, if I was like seven or eight and Ryback was there, being like saying that he rules, I'd be having f- a little toy. Ryback rules. I'd be giving the thumbs down. Yeah. I'd probably hold my finger over my nose. Yeah, he smells. I hate loose. that he thinks that he rules. <laughs> you know, me and the boys were talking. We think that he drills if anything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Fall brackets hell three. It's the ambulance match. Yes. We had, we had one or two of these before. We had Shane and Kane in an ambulance match, I believe. I mean, I always think of the pay-per-views because we've had a few since I've been watching. Yeah. I know um, Braun Strowman was ah, one. Yes, we Roman Braun... Reigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar as well. I'm not sure. I'm not no. sure. Hmm, I know there is another ambulance match that we did recently yeah. enough. So, yes. <laughs> at the exact start of this new fall, where you have to put your opponent into an ambulance... Ryback powerbombs John through a table. Yes. You know, just letting everyone know he could have won that last one. He could have done, yeah. Now, you were concerned about the rules of a table match if an announced table would count. Yes. I believe that it does. Okay. Simply because in No Mercy on the N64, they didn't have normal tables. So in career mode, when they're like, we challenge you to an announced table match, you'd have to put them through the announced table because it was the only (laughs) one that was available. Oh my God. 
Ryback and John have got a special vehicle that they get to play with. This ambulance is like a giant Mattel ambulance. I know. Full of like bits. It's like made of Lego. Now, <laughs> Ryback walking over to get John Cena with a back fist and then just smashing the windshield and punching the glass to no pop and no reaction. Now, if you were a smart crowd, if there ever was a time to chant Goldberg... I know that's literally the time. I would have been like, oh no, too much blood. <laughs> you know, it's not gimmicked. He is... um, He and John, the issue here, I think, is that they don't sell the different bits of the ambulance mm. enough because they just start ripping bits off. They make it look too easy as well. Like, I, it, it makes the ambulance look weak rather than them look strong. Yeah, like if I'm in Chicago, I'm not. I'm not dialing nine one one. That ambulance is like I'm too big. You get that ambulance, the four wheels are gonna fall off yeah. before we get to the emergency room. But yeah, like you have like the chassis being ripped off. John just pulls off a door. But I would have had them like proper like dig your head and go mm. like you have to like, sell it and rip it off. Yeah. But it's really like a lot more than. I've watched ambulance matches. I remember that Shane and Kane one and they're like bouncing off that thing like fucking pinballs and they're covered in bruises and welts and the thing doesn't even budge. Yeah. And here it's like, you know, John's picking up like a wheel and like the top yeah. of the ambulance and all that. Really, if, I, if they were smart, they would have had a little ad be like, the new Mattel Slambulance. Oh, yeah. And if they don't have a set piece called the Slambulance, they've, out. they've missed out madly. Oh, the tumble onto the windshield was very fucking scary here. Yeah. So when Ryback kind of he got rolled up onto it, he nearly broke his fucking neck here. Oh, no, really? We just see he landed right in his heads. Oh, God. He rolled up there. Yeah. It was a big old wince out of, out of me for that. It just goes to show you can have the most pre-prepared ambulance in the world and it can still be kind of scary. Mm -hmm. They have a slow, silent ascent up the ambulance to wrestle each other on top. Did you catch what Michael Cole said when they were slowly climbing the ambulance? Is this when he said, it's like something out of a Bond movie? Yes. Now... Yeah. I too love it in James Bond when he fights Ryback in an ambulance. <laughs> for England, Ryback. No, John. For me, Ryback rule! <laughs> I'm sorry, I want Tina Turner to do it. Yeah. Meet on the table! <laughs> But we get the attitude adjustment to Ryback through the roof of the ambulance. Yeah, which is a cool concept, but they completely missed it on camera. So it just looks like Ryback falls into a void. Yeah, I wanted a, a drone shot of this yes. or something like that. But he didn't. You go into the inky black blend. No, yeah. he's, he's gone there. John picks up the hard-fought win against the Ryback. And I'll tell you what, Joe, in terms of a bollocks over the top WWE main event with all the silly gimmicks in the world... This was fucking beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I gave this four out of five stars. Wow. I, I really, really, really liked this. I took off one point for the Lumberjack match, yeah. which was always going to be less good probably in my books because I just don't really like them. But the other stuff was so fun and Ryback was really good at it. Like yeah. he's, he's really hard hitting and fast and he's good at selling some stuff. And yeah, I loved this. He was very good in that, you know, monster heel role. Yeah. I think that works really, really well. An issue I think that happens with Ryback after this is you do the big heel turn and the heel turn is through the lens of I'm turning heel and changing my character to become the champion. Mm. And then he loses like three matches in a row to John. It's like, well, what are you going to do kind of next then, you know? And really what was next for Ryback, I mean, <laughs> it's something that about his career that I absolutely adored. 
which was the whole bullying thing. Mm. They kind of take Ryback back to basics. He's no longer tossing up with John Cena in the main event or anything like that. He starts going backstage, finding jobbers, random backstage personnel, caterers, and just starts bullying them in the most classic horrible way that you could imagine Mm -hmm. one of them was ricky starks yes absolutely bullied was ricky starks now were there any of these bullying segments that you enjoyed tell me what you thought of them because for me they're they're always been a soft spot for me particular these these bits i liked them ryback makes a convincing bully (laughs) it's very easy to say that after the pylon that was Uh, arranged yeah but no he he, you know he has a certain look and i think stereotypes and all that Mm. Having a big, scary-looking guy being a bully is effective booking, I think. And having him with all these like small backstage people as yeah, well, yeah, it makes him really mean seeming. Yeah, you know, and everyone's just kind of quiet, and he's like, "Pick it up," and they yeah. pick up the bag. Now put it down, okay? Now move it over there, okay? Now pick it up again, all right? Now turn on the shower, what? Now open up your bag, oh? Now empty all this conditioner into it, oh? Ooh. Now pour this gazpacho soup on yourself. Oh, <laughs> now go in the shower. Oh, but don't wash it off. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it gives great ideas for anyone doing like humiliation fetish content. You know, just copy Ryback here. Um, <laughs> no. Yes. No way. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I will say, now that you mention it. Right. There's a lot of compilations up here. Aren't there? With comments that are not dissimilar from our Jobbers episodes. Yep. And I would oh, say... Oh no, Ryback, please don't cover me in gazpacho soup. How humiliating. <laughs> All right, you got to stop this now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Ryback is very open about that. You know, he's, he's absolutely fine. He's literally made, he made good social content for himself and got good numbers by being like, wank to me all you want, brother. Aww. Really happy that uh, nice. provided the inspiration for you there. Yeah. Check one out for the big guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I I thought these these backstage bits with him are really really good, and like, it's also as well a way to kind of repackage him because they're taking him like right down the card here. Yeah, like this bits where it's like Renee is like, "Hey Ryback, do you think the reason you're not on SummerSlam is because you keep bullying everyone?" He's like, "Shut up, Drake words, come over here, pick it up." When he slaps people in these segments, oh my god. Because at the start, a lot of these were like, he looks a bit nervous again. Like, mm. he's kind of worried what he's going to do. Yeah, he gets a, into it. There's a few times where he slaps people so fucking hard. And afterwards, he's like, kind of, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> and cut, you okay? Shit, I'm Aww. sorry. When he slapped Ricky Starks, it was like potato salad or whatever it was. And he clapped him right in the ear with And this. the potato salad goes into his ear. That was fun. Don't do that to Ricky Starks. Yeah. But I thought the way to do this is that you just keep having him do this and then someone's like, fuck you, I'm going to stand up to you, you big bully. Yeah. You know? Did that ever happen? I mean, they had him try and do it to like Brian and then like, you know, he beat up Brian and Kane's like, you can try bully me, you know? And then, right. But where they got to with this was that in the intervening months since Ryback had turned heel, CM Punk had turned face and was involved in a feud with Paul Heyman. You know, and, you know, Paul Heyman kind of had betrayed Punk and Punk wanted to get his revenge on him. The idea was that we're going to put all these obstacles in the way, like Brock Lesnar and Curtis Axel. Right. (laughs) Not all obstacles are the same. No. And Brock was going away for a bit and they needed another match to keep the Punk and Heyman feud going. So they decided in the match where you think Punk has finally got his hands on, on Paul Heyman, Ryback comes out and attacks CM Punk and the whole thing being... 
Now Ryback, the hypocrite, is like, if there's one thing I hate, it's a bully. And CM Punk, you've been bullying my friend Paul Heyman for far too long. I'm going to stand up to you. And like the idea being then that no one stands up to Ryback. Ryback, the ultimate bully, starts proclaiming that CM Punk is a bully. Right. Now, I'm sorry that we went back to another Hell in a Cell match with CM Punk. Why? But, 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 I think it's worth talking about the Paul Heyman Ryback skits that we saw where Ryback gets to be introduced by Paul and Paul explains why my Ryback is the most important Paul Heyman guy I've ever seen. And the look in his eye, wow, that man can... You want to know why Paul Heyman is such a good liar and such a good manipulator? He can look at anyone and make you think he is in love with you and loves you and wants nothing but the best for you. I much preferred the way Ryback was looking at Paul Heyman. Concern and love. Yeah, again, very loving. You don't often see Ryback look at things or people lovingly. But they have this. They have chemistry. They have chemistry. Ryback actually has a lot of chemistry with a lot of people he's been kind of hooked with. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I think he he absolutely, though, like, he's thrown the deep end here because it's... I can't... Is it... Is there a better way to describe it than homoerotic tension? Because there is a little bit of that. It's a bit of that and a bit of also just like male friendships. Yes. I think we all love. But also I think because it's 2013 or 14 or whatever it is. Like people are booing this. And it's not like I love Ryback. He's so sexy. But it's like my big strong Ryback will always protect me. He's like, Paul, I love you. (laughs) And I don't care what any of these people think. I will die before CM Punk puts his hands on you. And then he gives him a little kiss. A little kiss and he looks so happy. And when he kisses Ryback and Ryback goes, ha 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 ha, Ryback rules. That's, I don't know why it is, but if there's a list of things I love about wrestling, whatever that is yeah, is on it. I love that. that oh my so God. funny. Gets down on one, one knee and he's like, I've had to talk to my children about this, Ryback, and because uh, it's such an enormous decision. But will you be a Paul Heyman guy, <laughs> Ryback? <laughs> We're not going to go through the whole match, no, because the second Hell in a Cell match, and it's worse than the first one. It is. It ain't. It ain't all that because Punk is even more hurt. Yeah, and like, there's bad vibes here. This is when yeah. the whole like. This is when the you took 20 years off my career chat started from Punk. And we talked about this on the Punk episode, I guess in the Cabana episode as well, about a large part of the interview that CM Punk did on his podcast was talking about how Ryback was unsafe and took fucking 20 years off his career. Mm. And you tell me right now, you either did this on purpose or you're fucking stupid and you suck. I'm stupid. I suck. I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly no no way in shape or form going to be like Ryback's guy or anything like that. But the more the years go on, I feel kind of sorry for him. Yeah, me too. He made a bit of hay out of it, though, at least. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, most of Ryback's videos where he's talking about wrestling, it's like Ryback shoots on the media scrub. Ryback yeah. shoots on MJF versus CM Punk. Like, he's eaten and drank off of the beef with CM Punk. Yeah, only you know? yesterday when he posted to his YouTube channel stealing our episode artwork, he was actually <laughs> making a video about CM Punk, so... All I'll say is is that out of the art of wrestling diatribes and the, the outcome and the fucking scorched earth that came from this, 
I genuinely think the people it affected negatively, Ryback comes after Cole Cabana and CM Punk. Yeah. Because I think it did a lot worse for those lads than it actually did for him in any sense. Yeah. And he tried to, like, turn it a little bit at one point. He mm. tried to, like, kind of feed off of the, the crowd, you know, hating on him and all That's that. Not. You know, talk about, you know, he would be fucking demented on Twitter around this time. Is this when he would delete stuff? He'd tweet all this random shit about, like, kind of... It was after Punk left in particular, he'd tweet all the stuff where being like, kind of, you know, oh, you were unsafe and, you know, you know, you're the one who didn't have the heart to stick around. And, you know, just taking pot shots of Punk. And he'd delete all of his tweets and be, he'd get, you know, rests and news sites. He'd be on the headlines every week because it's like, Ryback just tweeted and then deleted it. Yeah. And we watched the episode. I mean, only recently, CM Punk posted on Instagram a massive thing about the controversy with him and AEW and then deleted it. And it got so much more attention because he deleted because it. Because he deleted it. Now, I think he got punished a bit for this because I had kind of like a false memory of this. I was like, I swear there was an episode like Superstars or whatever it was where he comes out and he just starts going crazy with the crowd and making fun of them and like, ah, tweeting, ah, stupid. And then, like, we found someone on Reddit had helpfully clipped together the entire episode where, like, match after match, on main event, like, not Raw, not SmackDown, not a pay-per-view, main event, every match would end and then Ryback would come out, walk around the ring, look a little bit embarrassed and go, Ryback rules, stupid, keep tweeting, ha ha ha. And the announcers are like, look at this fucking moron, he's stupid. Well, Corey, it seems like he tried to get over on Twitter, but instead everyone thinks he's an idiot. <laughs> You'll never get over... And they're literally saying, you'll never get over Ryback. Stop trying. Wow. And he did it like... you. At one point, you were like, is this real? Like, is this a joke? Like, no, no, they made him do it. So strange. I mean, I don't know if, if it did him any favours. I think it made people like me who are already predisposed to be like, you're a big dumb idiot. It felt like it made them feel a bit vindicated, I guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Ryback, of course, around this time, you know, we talk about... 2014 and 2015 there's there's more injuries taking place there you know he's gone for a few stretches of time you know he had a a, a run in Rybaxel which people wanted us to talk yeah, about Rybaxel but Rybaxel was you know him and Curtis Axel didn't have much to do they put them together this is the peak of Vince McMahon's anti-tag team booking and they would be the tag team who would win a match before the pay-per-view where they would challenge and lose the match mm-hmm. it was not a serious tag team for them they were yeah. very mid cards. But people wanted us to talk about it because of the very... Again, we're talking about male friendship and positive masculinity yep. and a bit of that bromance. The breakup of Ribe Axel. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on uh, the meeting of the Axeman and the big guy? Sweet. <laughs> it was, I don't know, slightly awkward, but in a really sweet way. Yeah, like it was like they... <laughs> speak all over each other. Like yeah. They can't go like a line without being like... Oh, shit. In T- yeah, sorry, go on. in Tijuana, you have the babes, the, 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 the chiquitas. very real. That's it. it, yeah. Like, and honestly, the thing it reminded me of was the, the kiss between Nick and Jess in New Girl, <laughs> where they're like, they're, they're like obviously kind of flirting with each other, and it's like a little bit awkward when they both realize that, and then they turn to go to bed, and then Nick grabs Jess by the arm and pulls her in for a kiss. And, like, it's almost exactly that when they break up Rybaxel. Like, Except they do a cool guy handshake. They do a cool guy handshake, yeah. But there is even the, the awkward turning away, Ryback grabbing Curtis Axel by the arm and pulling him back round. There's a tension there. There is definitely a tension. There's a chemistry there. And what I, I mean, look, 
you're saying again chemistry like yeah. you know this is the part of Ryback that I felt that he, why he excelled in the early Tough Enough and all that he gets that entertainment side of yeah, things he that's does. something that Mark Henry and some others have labelled out and saying like, you didn't know how to entertain people oh, that's and not true at all I feel like that's that's not fair to say yeah. because he does have the chemistry mm-hmm. and like for someone who could have easily been a wrestler who never opened his mouth and never spoke he has got quite a few memorable segments yeah. you know and good talking bits and I think people just like as well like when tag teams break up in wrestling, they either fight each other or they just don't hear from them. Or in the case that happens a lot of times in WWE, they fight each other and they just disappear. Like when heavy machinery broke up or when the primetime players broke up or like, you know, it, it it's nice to see this mid card tag team get their little happy ending or whatever yeah. it is. I love the line where he's like, all the great tag teams, they all get back together. Mm-hmm. NWO, DX, the four horsemen, and you and I, we'll come back together one day. And we'll lose. <laughs> and you can already tell this point in his career. There's a little kind of like a... Oh, not going the way it should be, but I'm having fun in my career nonetheless. My favourite moment in this segment is when Ryback forgets Kirsty Axel's <laughs> name. And he's like, uh, uh, yeah, Curse Axel, right? He called yeah. him Adam Rose for oh, mistake. No. That was the guy who had just beaten Curtis Axel on main events. No. It's funny to me, though, because, like, Curtis Axel was someone I could not remember when I first started watching. That's, he's the inspiration behind wrong wrestling shirts. Yes. Because I kept calling him Kurt Angle. Yes, that's, and that was very upsetting to me. <laughs> that was an early stumbling block in this podcast. I think, Ryback, if you want to make good on everything that you've done to our audience and our illustrator well, that ain't happened <laughs> remove the artwork please from your youtube video but also buy a wrong wrestling shirt well that ain't happened wear that loud and proud there isn't a ryback wrong wrestling shirt but there is all sorts of wrong wrestling shirts available where can you get a wrong wrestling shirt you can literally just google wrong wrestling shirts oh. and you can find the store on teespring easy peasy pudding and pie yep for real wrestling fans only okay yep, only no fake fans here yeah right right now ryback after returning from another injury he had a lot of stop startness to his career they decided that now they were going to go back to basics do the phoebe more again just be that old ryback character that he was and you know he, he had some success with the intercontinental championship around that time he feuded with kevin owens but the thing they made him do to try and get him to the next level is they're like right out you go in the middle of the ring here's the microphone just tell us your story Tell us who who is the Ryback. And he does this promo where he talks about, you know, the depression he experienced, uh, the injuries he had. He mentions Nexus. He mentions, you know, being the silverback. And then he talks about a book that he read called The Secret. Mm. And about positivity and visualizing things that are happening to you. Mm -hmm. And I know for me, I was in maybe a different mindset back then, but there's a lot of folks similarly who are like, all right, that's it. I think we're done with relating to you as a person because, I mean, what do you know about The Secret? Oh, I know a lot about The Secret. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm very familiar. A lot of people, and this is something that I think Ryback maybe can be credited with, a lot of wrestling fans heard about The Secret for the first time, not from Oprah Winfrey, but from The Ryback on Raw, where he's like, I read this book and it changed my life and it made a positive impact. A lot of celebrities swear by it. No, he wasn't like preaching about it, saying this is, like, you all have to do it. It's just like, this helped me, you know? Yeah. But it's, 
I, some of the stuff in there I don't describe to, but I don't know a whole ton about it. Tell me about the secret, Joe. Okay, so half of it is common sense. Half of it is like sensible stuff like making goals mm. and visualizing success for yourself. Because by doing things like that, by having a goal that you can visualize, it just makes it more attainable for you. It feels like when I was teaching, we the big, big thing that came in our school is that, and they paid like fucking you know, 20 grand to have a consultant oh, come in and tell us. Growth this. mindset. Growth mindset. Yeah. I know, as if you needed to pay, you know, sorry kids, you don't get to have sausage rolls or go to the museum this year. We have no pencils. But, but we're going to talk we to you about this guy. Look at these great slides I have about growth mindset. Mm. But the idea of that being like, you can't achieve things if you don't think that you can, essentially. Like, if you're going yeah. into something going, well, I'm not great at this. You're not going to do great at it. Yeah. You know. Which is kind of true. Kind of true. But the secret takes it kind of a bit further and makes it kind of like your problem. So the whole point of like manifesting and positive thinking. I don't, and I don't, I don't like that personally, you know. I mean, I think it can be okay. Not, not for me. But yeah, this is the kind of the, the end of the spectrum I don't agree with, which is like, you have to keep focusing on the positives, which I think is a good idea. But it's like, if you focus on the positives, that will attract these things to come to you. Yes. And I don't... And your vision board will yeah. come a reality. And they, they they take this seriously and literally these will attract, you know, like there was a book I, I read, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like, it's a it's a financial version of The Secret. Right, yeah. And it's like, all you have to do is think about owning a yacht and you will own a yacht. And it's like, no, obviously not, unless you're already really rich. But then there's like the other side of it, which is like, and if you think of negative thoughts, nothing good will happen to you. And it's like, Jesus Christ, a lot of people who'll be reading this book will suffer from anxiety or depression. Negative thoughts all the time. Like. All the time. And it's perfectly normal. And if you do cognitive behavioral therapy, one of the first, first, first things you learn is to never try and shut up your negative thoughts. Because the more you try and say to yourself, oh no, I can't think about that, the more your brain will go, let's think about that. It's just impossible to avoid. And the way to stop thinking about it is to focus on the positives, mm. not to focus on eliminating negative thoughts. And that's the thing I kind of don't agree with. I don't feel you should just be like, I am never allowed a negative thought ever, ever, ever. Because you, you can get rid of them. You can think that, but that's not the reality of it, though. Well, you know, because I feel like if you subscribe to that belief, you are in essence just setting yourself up to come across like a hypocrite. Because like the like literally on Ryback's timeline, you could go there now, and there will be one tweet or or more. Because there was the other day where it's like, I am never negative. I never, yeah. I never like put negative energy out into the world. Or, and then, like, another tree will be like, but I never, uh, no, no, that may seem negative, but I didn't start it. Yeah. It's like, I just find it's a bit exhausting because you never get a chance to have a break off of that. Like, well, also, you know, it's not really honest with yourself. No, if it's you're not. just telling yourself, I'm never negative, well, that's not true, is it? Because we I mean, are. It's definitely not true with Ryback. We're, we're just, we're human. Like, we are going to get negative thoughts that's okay oh sorry did you have a negative thought i feel so sorry for you in a kind of positive way not me i I only have positive no you don't everyone has negative thoughts and And wrestling more than most industries has got its fucking fair share of negative thoughts going around from positive people and the only real way to stop that negative thought process is by acknowledging it and accepting it that's Mm. what they teach you in cbt and that's what they kind of don't tell you to do in the secret is they're just like no ignore them any any negative thought is toxic no 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 positive only 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 but it makes you setting yourself up for failure and it means you can never be owned (laughs) that's the secret i will never be owned this also means you'll probably never be happy because you're constantly judging yourself as being like not good enough oh it feels like quite an anxious existence yeah exactly and a a single negative thought like god i mean i've had these kind of random bouts in my life where i'm like i I need to kind of change my thinking or whatever it is and maybe get more positive whatever it is and you know 
I, I feel like I have different modes, let's just say. And I feel like you can go onto a positive mode or whatever it is. But I just, I, I can't be that all the time. No, it's you not know? healthy. And I've had negative modes as well, but I, I can't be that all the time as well. I feel yeah. like it's all about the balance of life or whatever it is. And I just think you're never going to find a place quite like wrestling where, man, you turn on your phone. If you're Ryback and you got a million followers, many of them human... There's always going to be something fucking in there that is either negative in your mind or you can perceive as negative. And look, I'll tell you what it is. If I have any experience from teaching and working with young people or, or any walk of life where I've done stuff or I've interacted with humans, I can kind of tell where someone is sensitive and takes things negatively. Mm. And he does. And that's okay. Yeah. It's just I feel like he's locked himself in the chains of like, I have to be this positive thing. Hey, I would be really happy to hear if it's all just a hustle and he doesn't actually think that. But I feel kind of sorry for him or anyone who has to feel that yeah. way about themselves. Trapped oh, in their own brain. God almighty, that must be fucking awful. It must be exhausting. Yeah. Just constantly, I'm already very critical of my own inner thoughts. And just to put myself on this standard of only positive thoughts only, that's just, I would be setting myself up for abject misery. Did they think that this was something that would click with the audience? That there'd be people like, actually, yeah, I know that I get the manifesting thing. That's really cool. I think let's feed me more, feed hey, me more. Entirely possible. Because as I said, a lot of celebrities around that time were kind of, coming out and saying oh yeah i believe in the secret and i mm. believe in manifesting and it's, stuff it's like that. not a new thing this nope. is going back 20 30 years Oprah, or, yeah alone yeah. has been into it for years and years and years and i know there are different interpretations of it yes. but i think the fact that there is in itself like there seems to be a subcategory of the self-help industry that is like interpretations of the secret yes the sacred texts yeah. like, you know i just i think there's been a few times in, in wrestling where it's like someone has been given like here's the microphone off you go now it's on you yeah and i did it with cesaro once where they, they gave him the microphone like right off you go do the promo and you know he beefed it he, he couldn't do the promo mm. and it's like well that's a shame and i feel like ryback who had so many things going for him he did this promo that should have been the next natural step and i think it may have punched his ticket to like kind of not being that big star anymore because yeah. i just don't think that it's something that people in wrestling are got like it's too complicated i think it's a very wrestler's thing to be into like there are so many wrestlers who believe in that positive mindset and manifesting and stuff like bobby lashley we mentioned in our last episode but no wrestlers ever gonna go it. out and be like i live my life by this certain thing and it like you know there's wrestlers who are straight edge who are vegan who are like you know f follow different religions mm -hmm. or different walks of life wrestlers and, tend to go hard yeah on whatever they're into and lots of stuff that they're into helps them positively but i just think it's not just wrestling maybe it's this world we live in right now mm. like that's one of the reasons why like I was, I was cringing so fucking hard where it's like when we were listening back to our review of the ryback self-help book because me and adam invariably were like well, I don't know about that, but, you know, maybe we, I would do this. Mm. And it's kind of like, people don't want to hear, for the most part, in wrestling, how you live your life. Yeah. Or how you want to tell me that you live your life and how fucking, you know, some people maybe do want that, but a lot of wrestling fans don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that was... Save it for the book. Yeah. And not for the in-ring promos, I think. So Ryback finds himself coming in to 2016 on a lower rank than he would have been. There were a lot of opportunities for him to maybe kind of get to the next level and I think they opted not to take him. I mean, honestly, I think the secret stuff for Ryback 
the the main way it really hurt his chances i think was less to do with the fans and more to do with vince mcmahon vince would hate people believing in manifesting you do what well, it's not like arts and crafts. You just believe in it and you think it's going to happen? Hey, I, well, I like to work for my success. Yeah, you got, you got, all, got all the writers in. I got Ryback to give me his vision board. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, if I worked in the WWE and I believed in manifesting, I would never share that with anyone who could possibly tell Vince. No, because it's... I think Vince McMahon views that as weakness. Absolutely he does. You know? Yeah. I think... And we've talked before about the born again thing. Vince McMahon is like, yeah. cool, if it works for you, fine. But other than that, I don't think he wants to hear about no. your, your life-changing affirmative viewpoints. No. But like, hey, self-help, big industry. Oh yeah, and people Billion swear by dollars. it. Billion dollars. They love it. And I think it can be very good. There's just also a lot of hacks out there looking yeah. to make an easy buck off people who are just desperate to be told anything to do in their lives. And I'll tell you, from reading Ryback's book with Adam and hearing all that and having a science background, I'm not saying he's done it in bad faith, but I think it's a lot of bullshit. Because why, why does positivity and mindset all have to and somehow end up with you buying tablets and food supplements and having to eat a certain way and mm-hmm. do a certain this, that, and the other, you know? And, like, I follow things like, you know, DDP's yoga and stuff like that. I'm not like, oh, I have to eat my special DDP bar now if I'm going to yeah. do my DDP yoga. Why can't you just want to help someone? Why do you have to so obviously commodify it and turn it into yeah. a business and that's what Ryback's done it's almost like it's not about the positive mindset and stuff yeah, at all it's about it, making money that's fine it's just that I don't know maybe there's a more upfront way where you can just be like I want to sell you lots of supplements but I think at least Ryback is kind of in a way he's honest about that like yeah. I don't think anyone's really fooled by thinking that Ryback's gonna like change our lives or anything they all know he wants to sell a book or sell his supplements or whatever but people who the type of people who write books like The Secret it's almost like a cult yeah and they really prey on very vulnerable people that's true I think there's there's lots of people who will be like but I'm not vulnerable and I wasn't preyed on yeah but it's it's a yes and situation yeah. it's You're not, not the exclusively only thing in the world. Yeah. there are other people who exist I just think that wrestlers, self-help, and supplements don't mix, you know? Yeah, it's a very mixed message there. I think separate them up into... If you're going to do the supplement stuff, just do it in terms of like, okay, workout, diet, whatever. Like, your your advice as an athlete rather than... I just like... Yeah. I don't know. It's not just him. It's like, it's every other wrestling podcast out there. There's all these, like, there's all these pills and supplements and pharmaceuticals being hawked and i'm not going to name any names right now because it's like is kind of upsetting but like there was a popular wrestler podcast where he was sponsored by a certain brain supplement and just casually mentioned like i'm having trouble dreaming since i've been taking that but i'm really sharp during the day i'm like excuse me um another wrestler whose podcast i listened to he recently had told a story about how he got sick on his way to recording an episode because he'd taken one of the supplements and it made him feel really jittery and then he got sick and <laughs> yeah, it's funny, crazy. Anyway, you can get yours at WWW. I don't know. America always scares me in that respect. The, well, the not... non-regulation yeah. of that. You well, know. Okay, let's talk about Ryback supplements because I did a bit of research on them. Because yeah, obviously we make fun of Ryback and his supplements all the time. There's even a sneaky reference to it in the artwork. Can so you see it? Ryback see didn't. It. <laughs> Back when he was doing the Thomas Crown affair and stealing <laughs> our art, like. So uh, it's actually really hard to find honest reviews of supplements online because like there's no independent agency mm. that like takes supplements and just reviews them and looks at the ingredients and everything and, and a lot of the marketplaces have struggled with kind of not necessarily bots reviewing but people being incentivized to give reviews and then they're mm. just writing these lengthy in-depth reviews that they're only writing because they were given 
something free. Yeah, SponCon. Or money or whatever it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how most supplements end up getting a sort of market for themselves is through sponsored content. So mm. a lot of influencers will just take easy money and just say, yeah, I take this and it's great. So I wanted to find out for myself what Ryback supplements were like. Now, I will say in America, I don't think any dietary supplements are regulated by the FDA because they don't count as food. Yeah, I think there are some that fall between yeah. what is defined as food. You know? So <laughs> when you may hear people say, oh, Ryback supplements aren't FDA approved, that's not unique to Ryback. That's generally most yeah. supplements that you get on the marketplace. He has a few different ones. I looked at some different reviews. So he has the caffeine one that I mentioned earlier, which is, I think it's called Wake Up. The um, ads for these, by the way, it's actually like an obese person is like, I hate being fat. And they jump in a pool and they come out as like a, a different, a different thin, person. thin person with yeah. different colored hair. Like, oh my yeah. God. So one of the reviews I came across was for his Shell Shock Fat Burner. And I want to say his branding, like the but visual. he owns all them bits. Yeah, now, yeah. The visual branding I hate and it, I, it's tacky, but whatever. It works for him. It's accurate for him. But like the names, it's all named after his wrestling moves. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and he he's, you know, when well, I guess we'll talk about it in a little bit. But you know, he was he was locked in a trademark dispute with WWE for ages. But yeah. you know, he's he stood out by the looks of things. He has those trademarks, even though he had to change his name along the way. <laughs> so some of the reviews for the Shell Shock Fat Burner, which made me laugh, were uh, it doesn't hurt my stomach. So that's good. Hey, that's a positive. I didn't get the jitters or dry mouth. And it had me sweating from the get-go. A lot of reviews saying it makes them sweat. So what I think it is, because this does seem to be a genuinely effective fat loss supplement. People okay. have taken this, they've reviewed it, and they swear by it. And I think the main way it works is, I think it's a diuretic. Okay. And that's why it makes people sweat a lot. It's like you're losing the water from your body and that helped the water weight makes you go down I'm just thinking like there were all these boys who wanted to make the the big rugby team in my school yeah. and I remember like two or three of them like literally they just they started chunking all yeah. these supplements in them and you know they didn't they didn't follow the guidance that they were meant to and they made themselves really fucking you unwell. can make yourself yeah. so unwell and this is the trouble that's, like... that's, I'm just not saying that say oh that's what Rybacks are I'm just saying that's no. why I myself particularly I'm like ooh supplements because I have lots of very vivid images of boys with you know, it's the only time I've ever seen clear vomit in my life. Ooh. Yeah, as in not spume, as in like, bleh, they threw up and it was all clear and yeah. like, fucking hell, like, what's going on here? Now, Ryback does, he says he takes all his own supplements and right. I actually... Yeah. And Rod McMahon does as well, or and did. Rod McMahon does as well. I know, and apparently a lot of other wrestlers do. Wade Barrett apparently swears by Ryback supplements. Does he still? No, no, apparently, <laughs> apparently, genuinely, this is completely, I'm not joking at all. Apparently Ryback supplements are like the real deal as far as supplements go don't pick a wrestler who's like semi mysteriously retired and is now an announcer and we don't know if he's ever gonna wrestle again i'm not gonna say it's like good for you because i don't think that fat burning diet pills or supplements that wouldn't be something that you would do but you're not an athlete i guess no and i I. yeah have a shaky relationship with eating anyway and i just don't want to do myself any bad favors but, like, a lot of his stuff is, is very natural ingredients. He's done his research. Like, Ryback genuinely cares about these supplements because he takes them himself and he cares about his body. And he's a big guy. Like, obviously, he doesn't take steroids. He works out all the time. Like, he has to... He takes stem cells now yeah. instead. Like, he does... Okay, I, I may not believe with eating for your blood type, but there are certain things you can take that, like, 
you know, make your muscles work better the next day so you're less sore, stuff like that. All that stuff, apparently it genuinely works. I found no negative reviews. But you found legitimate positive reviews out there. Yes. They don't make Fair people enough. sick. Yeah, but yeah. they are massively overpriced because you're paying for the Ryback branding. <laughs> well, in fairness, Joe, Rybrand rules. I know, right? You know? <laughs> but yeah, I just thought I'd give him that credit. Well, that's good to know. I figured we'd have to dip our toe in there at some point. I'm still not going to take him. <laughs> no, no, no. I think... Uh, the only person in the Podcrabs world is going to follow any advice from wrestlers about how to live their life was Adam when he ate like the game for that one week, <laughs> and we never we never got him back from that. If I'm honest, so I, I'm I, every day we have him, I'm thankful for as a result. Let's fast forward to 2016. The Ryback has returned to WWE and has found himself with a slightly new look. He has gone no singlet. He's got the pants on, showing off that absurd upper body as well. And he finds himself as a heel once again in a feud with Callisto. Now, Callisto is someone who we really enjoyed back when we were, you know, I he was on our him. screens. Yeah. yeah. I think he was like an early, even yes. back early NXT when we were watching right before we yeah. started this podcast. Always over. loved him. You're a big fan of Callisto. Mm-hmm. Now, me, I love me some big versus little wrestling action. Yeah. And one of the most requested matches that came for, for Ryback was one of his last matches in WWE, which was on the pre-show for WrestleMania 32, which was seven years ago. In 2016, Ryback versus Callisto for the United States Championship. This was one that we had watched before, but I will say with the caveat, we then watched an eight-hour, ultimately shit WrestleMania afterwards. Mm. So maybe we weren't thinking about how great this match was no. at the time. But I was excited to go back, hard as it was to find this match on the WWE Network. Yeah, they've buried it. The WrestleMania 32 kickoff show has got something working against it. It is not our typical audience that we would expect at a WrestleMania. Yeah, so I remember this year because I was on Twitter and I remember seeing a lot of people I follow being like, they're not letting us in. We literally can't get into the arena and they've started the pre-show like an hour ago. Because they're like, we they, we have to start because there's so much wrestling to come. Yeah. Like, the you know? pre-show is two hours long. Fucking hell. <laughs> we start this off with, I would say, we're a sixth full? Mm, maybe? Maybe if that. We keep getting these over, over the arena shots where it's like everyone is slowly making their way into the arena. And the wrestlers are making their way to the ring at the same time mm-hmm. as well. Oh my god. I will say though, when Ryback comes out, he got a fair bit of heat from the audience. And Goldberg chants. No! Yep. You know what's sickening about this? Mm. Is that literally like four months after this, they fucking hire Goldberg and they bring him in. And you know what? That great Goldberg Dolph Ziggler match at SummerSlam, you're the one who is just straight up plain Goldberg. Dolph is like, You're never going to spear and jackhammer me, Goldberg. And then he comes out and he does it. And then he goes away and he goes away. Imagine if they did that with Ryback. Man, yeah. people would have loved that. Mm. It would have been huge. But I, I want to think they always hired Goldberg back as a cruel joke yeah, on the big guy after no. this one. But yes, uh, Ryback is here, and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he managed to look even sillier with his tabard, with his little pants. <laughs> he looks kind of like, I don't know, like a little boy or something like Aww. that. He's not got big enough clothes. That's always the way with wrestlers wearing pants and a t-shirt, though. They always look like toddlers. That is true. Ryback, when they do the bit in his entrance, the start where it goes, feed me more. And he lifts his head up. It really actually broke my heart a little bit that this like the however many matches we had seen of him where this one he's just like feed me more he looks so done mm. 
Like the energy level is way down. It's not because he's a heel. He's just like, fuck's sake, there's no one here. Yeah, it's a bummer. You do get the sense that he feels like this is not where he should be. Yeah. But I don't think he comes across like this is beneath him because these guys have, oh surprisingly, God, amazing. a hell of a match. Yeah, it's really good. And this is like, this rarely happens. Can you think of any other people where it's like, oh my God, like your last two matches mm-hmm. you had in the company? Oh, pre-show. Yeah. These guys have got, dare I say it, chemistry. There's yep. that word once again. The speed at which Callisto moves and the willingness that Ryback has just to bump around for the guy. Yeah. But not in a way where it's like, oh no, like the big man shouldn't be going off his feet. It's like, wow, Ryback can keep pace with this super fast guy. Yeah. It's really cool. It's kind of like the style that Baron Corbin almost gets known for. <laughs> you know, where he's, he's quicker on his feet yeah. than you would imagine him to be. It's unbelievable. We get tail of the tape in this one as well, where they talk about how big Ryback's shoes are. <laughs> 14, baby. Yep. Do you think we have inflated shoe sizes in wrestling along with inflated heights and weights? Yeah, I think so. You reckon? I mean, why would you not inflate the shoe size if you're going to inflate everything else? It may, um, there's often, you know, Adam and I have talked about our shoe sizes on previous uh, oh, podcasts. Yeah? You know, I think Billy's is still perhaps a mystery. Oh. I would say right now, it's official pod crabs rules no inflation of the shoe sizes oh no we're always honest absolutely honest you know you have to pay to find out my shoe size <laughs> i don't give that information for free but it's the perfect size <laughs> ryback even in his uh, penultimate encounters here he still has new gimmicks he's got a new thing written on his shirt which is break it take it it's what he did with our artwork, you know. Yeah. He put he put his awful font on it, break it. Then he took it as well, Ooh. didn't he? So you know, the big old open air stadium does not stop those Goldberg chants prevailing, despite there no. being no one here. And I started to think, did they pipe them in? Is no. this is this like a meta Goldberg thing now, where they pipe in chants to make fun of Goldberg, but really make fun of Ryback? <laughs> I want a tag team, Goldback. No. Ryberg. No, I don't want them teaming up. Okay. <laughs> uh, he spends a lot of this match mouthing off like a big goof. I love that. You are too small. I fucking love... I'm the big guy. Love wrestlers mouthing off in the ring. Um, I just wish he'd done more of this throughout his career. Because it's a shame yeah. it just started to come out at the end here. And I, I kind of feel like there was part of me when we were watching the stuff with the, you know, him and, and Heyman. And I was like, once you make someone a henchman... Mm. There's you, there's no going back for that. Once you're kind of the hired hand or the heavy or the goon or whatever it is, and then I'm seeing here going, you know what though, him not having those kind of lofty expectations over him or like oh he has to be a main eventer or oh he should have won the title here there when he's just allowed to be and he's so far down the card here it's like I don't think he's under that microscope anymore. He can just kind of be yeah, and he's a lot more entertaining in this match where he he's is. just being this. Like, there's a load of spots in this match where it's like, Ryback is too stupid. The character is too, like, into himself and, you know, doesn't take his opponent so seriously that he keeps getting caught with his pants down. Yeah. And not many wrestlers are like, oh, yeah, I'll be the fool in this match, you know. For a guy who took himself so seriously, it's really refreshing to see him be kind of a bit laissez-faire, I guess. Did he take himself so seriously? I don't know if that's fair to say. I don't know. I kind of feel a I mean, he definitely bit. does now. Yeah. But I don't know if he always has. No, because I feel like he was carrying himself in those earlier matches. Like, this is what a guy who's going to be a champion should be like. But isn't that kind of what they're told to do, though? Yeah. When you're kind of told you're going to be the next big thing. Oh, I know. But I'm, I'm not saying it's on him. I'm just saying oh, right. the fact that he doesn't have to do that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I think oftentimes we'll see this with a lot of other wrestlers we do episodes on when they don't have that intense 
you're my next guy mm. pressure on them they get to loosen up, loosen up a bit and then get released in his yeah. case you know but man talk about some cool ass moves here they actually edited out of this it seems because it was a, a, a botch but in this match Callisto took a dive that was like really scary like he looks like he was going to land right in his head and Ryback the big guy dove out of his way he caught him he wow. did what 30 men wouldn't do for him in the lumberjack match Joe impressive wow. and yet he still has this reputation of being an unsafe worker yeah I know I'll tell you something that seemed like it was going to be really unsafe but I'm glad they pulled it off when he press slammed Callisto and he walked all the way up the stairs with him that over was his so head. Cool. Whoa, that was awesome. That was really fucking cool. We got Maro Ronaldo on commentary. This is going to be yeah. a great WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, this match gave unrealistic expectations. Yes. Because in the middle of this match, oh no. We got an ad. An ad for the worst thing other than DraftKings. <laughs> The, the worst next worst thing. thing. An ad for Shane McMahon versus The Undertaker. It's so disrespectful. This is the 39th Hell in a Cell match. <laughs> like, on a two-hour pre-show, you couldn't wait for the match to be over. This is a short match. Come the fuck on, Vince. I know, that was so I mean. I hate that. I can't believe they did that. I know. Like, at least do a thing where, like, they both go over the top rope and like, oh, Take the referee, pause, yeah. we're going to come back, what's going to happen? Yeah picture in picture literally they come back and like they're running spots i was kind of mm-hmm. like i want to know what i missed yeah me too you know some more audience members coming in who were so excited they're actually jumping up and down going ah, <laughs> ah, we're here at wrestlemania ryback busts out some cool new moves he does he does an awesome back elbow yes which i loved i love a, i love a good elbow he does this amazing running michinoku driver where he has him over his head and he sits out oh. like he's showing you again here despite this guy's, you know, had serious injuries several times and yeah. he's still packing on this huge fucking yeah. physique and he's like, you know, he ain't a young man here. No. Like, no, no shade being thrown no, to no, say no. He's, he's, he's older and he's yeah. moving fast as hell. I love this bit next where he goes, uh, how about this for a WrestleMania moment, brother? And yeah, he, he says brother. And then he does an awesome spine buster. He does the uh, the, the big spine buster. He has that stalling suplex he does in the yeah. corner as well. I mean, he's, I hate how much he's impressing me. Yeah, <laughs> this no. Match. It's really it's good. A, honestly, great. The turnbuckle gets uncovered when he keeps trying to like pull, like he's trying to yank uh, Callisto and get him into the middle of the ring. And Callisto, like, come on, little guy. And he, he pulls away the turnbuckle cover. Ryback bops his head off it. He gets the finisher, the Selena Del Sol. Callisto like pins Ryback. And I'll tell you, it said something about... Ryback's mystique or his appearance or what you thought he should be because when Callisto beat him it got a big gasp out of you oh yeah and you're like what <laughs> did not see that coming I kind of felt a bit bad for Ryback but also it kind of had to happen because of the story of the match yes the big guy the big underestimating guy, him yeah he may be really fast and hard hitting but he's not fast enough and it's that's fine because it's Callisto who is one of the best wrestlers in the world yeah these are like two guys who I think were so far off the radar at this yeah. point in the US title as well I guess but this was short and sweet mm-hmm. this was 10 fast kick ass minutes and if you like big guy versus little guy I can only give you a hearty recommendation yeah. for this. No, honestly, this is so good. I almost gave it a perfect match rating. For a little opener, it's exactly what you'd want. But honestly, that ad for Shane and yeah, The Undertaker takes off half a star because I, I genuinely, this is such a short match, every minute counts. And yeah. I really resent them for taking away from that moment. Like, just like it ruined the immersion and it just like I wanted to see what was happening and not really having an audience there yeah. that harmed it as well but like it made it seem 
there's kind of a bizarro quality to it where it's like, of course the man would have one of his better matches and unexpected encounters when fucking no one could see it. Yeah. Most of the audience at WrestleMania saw this while on buffering phones, yeah. on their phone on the network queuing up to get in. Now we did watch him and Callisto at the following pay-per-view, mm. the, the payback show. And that was like, they were running even faster. It felt like yeah. Ryback was like, fucking doing lucha drop downs and all that stuff he even had his big pre-show stopper belt on him where the man is clearly pissed off at this point i mean yeah i think that's perfectly valid so in 2016 he tells them that he wants his release he wants out and in classic wwe fashion they quickly rush out an announcement saying that he has been released Uh, you know they fired him and that's of course a big bone of contention but you should know at this point no one gets to leave on their own narrative or whatever it is he has struggled, I think, with the WWE stuff, you know, the, the the legal things that they've put him through. You know, I don't think it's conspiracy theory. I don't think it's like him being targeted or singled out. I think WWE or like Disney, they have aggressive yeah. lawyers. Jerry McDevitt has fought the federal government. He will fight you, Ryback. Yeah. And it's not because you're Ryback. It's because you're someone who dares to have anything that could be remotely perceived as a slight against WWE. If they'll, yeah. you know... It's it's not like a Cole Cabana CM Punk situation. No, no. You know, it's a copyright dispute that WWE thinks they can possibly win or squeeze you until you give up. Yeah. That's they, you, they just hope you will give up, yeah. There's a million people they do that to. Oh, God, yeah. You know, you're Most the, people aren't, you know, outspoken enough. That's it. To stand up for themselves and actually call them out. And it's, you know, that's why WWE ends up with all these fucking copyrights that they don't deserve. I'm really glad Ryback got his name back. Yeah, it's actually refreshing to see that you can actually you can get your stuff because yeah. you know I know that Dudley Boys episode where they're like hey yeah you've got the copyright lol JK Paul just said that yeah you know? just lied and then it's like all oh, your career is basically yeah. you know it's not done but it's it's gonna be really fucking hard no you I know? have mad respect for him taking back the name and then not being a wrestler yeah just becoming a YouTuber it's and great I feel like there is gonna come a moment where we'll be like you know what folks this is what I'm doing I'll, like it's going to be like Limmy or something where yeah. it's like you know what I love my audience I love just doing my little bit here yeah. and that's what it's going to be and I feel like it's interesting that his constant I'm getting stem cells and I'm bigger and better than ever I'm vegan now I'm going to come back 10 million percent there's going to be a bidding war like that seems to have cooled off now that AEW has cooled off yeah. like I feel like he hasn't been con- like two years ago the man was constantly talking like I'm coming back I'm waiting I'm going to be better than ever yeah. and like I don't know you know, he's been through a lot of severe injuries that would yeah. take most people out of it. Was he had like five? I can't remember. I've got some of his tweets actually that we'll talk about soon. But he like had like his di- his five discs in his back fused or something, which was like unheard of. And like, yeah, he's he's gone through a lot of pain and like, injury. We, we have uh, one of our fave YouTube channels, which is seeing wrestlers get spinal adjustments. Yeah. Everyone from Bobby Lashley, Lana, Big Sexy Kevin Nash, Ryback Natalia. Ryback was, like, the first. Ryback was one of the first in there, but, like, unlike the other ones where it's, like, Kevin Nash be like, whoa, I'm a little taller now. That's pretty yeah. cool. And like, Ryback, it's like, I can't lift my arm. Can yeah. you do this? No. And it's a shot like a hostage video. Like, yeah, it's He looks sad. really sad, and it's, like, really depressing. Yeah. And I kind of, like, I hope for him at least that he's enough of a worker and enough, enough of a brain on his shoulders to know if now's the time to get out and if he's going to be out then that's it because yeah. i don't i don't think that wwe would be a good fit for him and i don't think AEW would be a good fit for him mm. if there was a fit for him it'd be like 
hey, you want to have a good indie show that draws like a thousand yeah. people? You know, people would, would yo. Know. I'd go see a Ryback show. Yeah. Even but... after stealing our artwork, I would go see a Ryback show. Yeah, because you try to steal something of his at the show. Like, <laughs> yoink. He's going to It's mine now. But I feel like, you know, there's certain people who maybe don't want to be the weekend warrior. They don't want to be on small indie shows. And yeah. I feel like for him, because he's made such a big deal about it now, you've, you have backed yourself into a corner. If you don't sign somewhere big-ish, mm. you feel like you're going to be going back on your own word or whatever it is. But I just don't see... He's never going to be the top, top, top guy. Especially now he's a bit older and a bit more in pain. I can see like in AEW, someone like a Stokely Hathaway or someone be like, oh, you know, this man yeah. I've hired to beat you, Hook, is the biggest monster ever. It's Ryback. <laughs> and I'm coming out for a one-week thing. But I just don't see him doing this yeah. on the reg ever again. I don't know. I don't know. And it's really hard to know because like he's always going on about his stem cells and stuff. Yeah, so. he's, he's simultaneously healthier than he's ever been, but mm. also long road of recovery I yeah. need this and he, I, you know, he has done a few indie spots here and there he did a funny one with Cole Cabana and all that but who knows what the future holds for Ryback he'll tell you because he's going to be that's the one certainty about him is that you will hear yeah. from him if you want to Ryback's there he's still doing signings and stuff he's at yeah. Wrestlemania this weekend he's yeah. going to be doing all the meet and greets and stuff apparently he charges a pretty penny $50 for autograph 50 for a uh, picture right you know nice I'm not sure how much we charge for our, our artwork to be licensed, but uh, that's that's for Dan, More the artist. Doing More than that, probably. But again, we'll be in touch. And you've been in touch. So let's use this opportunity to look at the, no doubt, chaotic tweets. Joanna has tweets. That's what you have. Now, are, are, we, are these kind of categorized into the before incident and after incident? Because I will say, and I was really happy to see this, that there was a lot of people in these tweets early on before the Ryan Reeves affair, the Thomas Ryback affair, <laughs> that there were a lot, like, I was really happy to see our audience, you know, being kind of like open to the idea of him. Oh, or they like, were kind so of, nice. You know, and yeah, that's again, generous. why it's so funny if you just kind of assume everything's going to be fucking, you know, negative you all the time. enemies out of people who don't want you to be their enemy. So you have literally skewed this against you, yeah. Ryback, but that's absolutely fine. I mean, like, I just, I know we've probably lost a lot of audience members along the way because i think there's people and there's people at the bobby lashley episode like how dare you he voted republican or whatever or he was in trump's corner I'm like, oh yeah and there's ah. people who are like oh are you doing this episode on ryback as a joke like well, no, no we're not it's, no. he's a serious competitor he no. deserves an episode like anyone else does like genuinely don't do any of these episodes lightly because no, you know a lot so a lot goes into them into you think i'm gonna be like hey let's fucking spend 50 hours of our life watching one lad <laughs> do his thing as a joke. As a joke. <laughs> the only people that would be a joke against is us. Yes. Fucking hell. <laughs> Before we get onto the tweets from our lovely listeners, I thought I'd talk about Ryback on Twitter. It's uh, it's an interesting one because I think you and I had a quite a lengthy chat about this the other day. Ryback believes on social media, and mm. this isn't just Twitter. It's Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, yep. Facebook. That he is the target of a. Uh, coordinated Subterfuge. yeah uh turfing shadow ban now shadow band i thought that's what happened you lose at Yu-Gi-Oh. but <laughs> you no, go this to is... the dark realm and that was it that's why because you said to me oh ryback thinks he's been shadow banned straight away because i do i i'm interested in this stuff and i read about it i just thought this is about the fucking like all the alt-right dickheads out there who like claim they'd be deplatformed and yada 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 and yeah. it's a shadow ban and it's like well no you just said racist stuff or whatever it is and I'm saying that's what Ryback did just that that term shadow ban is usually used in certain corners of the internet that tend to be controversial and Ryback I want to say right now 
everything that he says on Twitter, this man has had a controversial take and a counterpoint controversial take. I feel like he's gun shy to talk about what his actual politics are. But if it's something like, oh, you know, all teachers need to be armed for mass shootings. Yeah, he'll tweet that. Oh, I don't know if he has tweeted that, to be fair. Oh, he has. Has he? Oh, yeah. He retweeted things the other day where it's like there was a sign saying, uh, you know, uh, all teachers here are armed and all aggression will be met with deadly force. And he's like, amen, brother. Uh... But like... You know, I don't take anything he says seriously. Yeah. I'm not trying to minimize. Go, oh, it's just little Ryback. I'm just saying this man will say something that he thinks will get him clicks. Yeah. Because he genuinely believes that there is a conspiracy against him. Yeah. And it's WWE and all the powers that be at Twitter and all the powers that be at TikTok and the US government all aligned to make him only get 10 retweets on his latest episode. Yeah. And I'll tell you this right now. I will never see... I've not seen it yet, Joe, but where are the right-wing provocateurs telling us how come their best buddy Elon Musk hasn't anti-shadow banned them? Because you can go on to any fucking arsehole, baked Alaska, Crowder, Ben Shapiro person, and and dear Elon, best pal, why haven't you unshadow banned me? Jeez, it's almost like it's not a fucking conspiracy against you. It's almost like there are reasons why you might get shadow banned on Twitter. So first of all, I want to say that I do think Ryback is shadow banned, which I think may come as a shock to many people who think he's just been making shit up. But what does that term mean, shadow banned? Because people mean it's like, like George Soros doesn't want me to tweet anymore, brother. Like, okay, so all social media platforms are basically governed by an algorithm, which is basically a mathematical uh, equation, which no one, no one truly understands anymore because it's been added to and added to and added to over the past fifteen years of social development. A patchwork quilt made out of hard maths. Yes, exactly. That no one understands or can even see. And the one person who does understand, you're not really good at communicating with them, or they've been fired, (laughs) or both. So basically, with shadow, there's a few different types of shadow banning. Ryback hasn't met all of the shadow bans. So I think he is like ghost banned is one of the terms, which is like, I get them mixed up. It's been ages since I worked. I used to work in you social media. You used to media. work in social You're saying this as well, not just as like a, as a oh, I reckon something. You, you worked I did, in social to. media. Yeah. And I also, I worked with someone when I was working in the finance sector on social media. I worked with someone who worked with the WWE. Right. So I, I am familiar with the WWE's tactics they use astroturfing things like that like if anyone's going to do a coordinated campaign against someone it would be wwe yeah so like say wwe has got a you know a big show coming up yeah and they, they want will... to get on the front page of reddit yeah they, they can easily can make do that, that. Happen, yeah that's easy for them and so yeah basically so what causes shadow banning is a few different things so it's it's just mostly automated behavior to stop bots so like setting up multiple accounts at the same time might get you shadow banned which um, he has by the way he's got like five accounts that we are aware of yes. all called some variation of ryback and they all rule. They all rule. Not having like a profile picture can get you shadow banned and stuff like that. And any behavior that indicates a coordinated attack or pylon. Every fucking tweet that he does is some coordinated every attack. Everything he does. Yeah. And all it means to be shadow banned is that you don't get boosted. It doesn't mean you get hidden. It just means you don't get promoted to strangers because they don't know that you're not a bot. And like, I, I can tell you right now, look, on, on Twitter in particular, I know that everyone has, has had you know difficulties might be overstating the the problem but in in the last few months last year or so it has changed you know it is hard things that used to get you seen easier don't work as much as Mm. they used to now it's nothing as bad as it is say like on youtube or whatever it is but it's certainly not as clear and it's not as easy for us to disseminate stuff and fans to find stuff 
and that goes across all the various channels that you know personal and podcasts etc so yeah. i i get that like there but is like, struggle there but i don't think i'm being targeted no. for anything and like, like even elon musk shitty who, algorithm even like. elon musk who owns twitter has this problem where he's not getting the engagements and the impressions that he thinks he deserves considering how many followers he has it's a massive problem across all social media sites because of these algorithms that are basically out of control and no one knows what the data is doing but like no one wants to sit up and kind of go here like this is the whole original thing about elon musk taking over twitter he was going on about oh fucking bot accounts and fake accounts and all that stuff and i mean like if you have a million plus followers and you can't get more than 10 likes on something like that I think maybe there is at least a part of it is that maybe that your accounts that are following you are no longer active or, you know. I think there's lots of factors there. I think part of it is also the coordinated attack thing. A lot of people who reply to Ryback get blocked or get quote tweeted. And Every single on. one. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't really encourage a, you know. Free flow of debate. A free flow conversation. No, Elon Musk's city on a hill has been, has been ruined by the coordinated attacks. Because yeah, people are afraid of getting a massive pile on and also being humiliated on a massive platform so he's kind of doing this to himself but i just wanted to i did some research i reached out actually to someone who has worked on some major astroturfing campaigns Mm -hmm. for big companies and corporations and i asked this person if it's ever been done where a user on twitter has been shadow banned as a result of a partnership between a corporation and twitter and no that has never happened i yeah i just think is he on their shit list probably yes but it's like, you know... It's not a decision someone has made. No. No one's called up... Vincent Mann hasn't called up and gone, ah, get right back on a shadow ban. Yeah, like what? But like, it's a, There's a math yeah. that has decided he is toxic. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You know, that's what the equation states. And it's hard because like when you are up... Like, and he's, it's... it's it's a lot of content the man has. You want to check out our, our YouTube review of it. Like we, he has something like three, three and a half thousand videos on his channel that we came across. Yeah, he, he publishes like three times a week. Or yeah, something. it's 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 often multiple yeah. times a day as well. And like, he's got his you podcasts know, and everything, live streams. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's on Twitch. Yeah. And, you know, he's complained that he was on TikTok and then you know he was getting tens of millions of views and now he's only getting like one million views. And it's like again, like, <sighs> isn't it a bit of a weird conspiracy to think that like. You know, WWE and TikTok are in league together. I know, right? Like, you know. No. I mean, if you were like, TikTok and the Chinese government have an issue with the big guy sounds more like fucking likely than that. (laughs) But I just think it's, it's worth pointing out because there's never been anyone that we've done an episode on that has such a twisted, like, I don't know if it's parasitic or, or, you know, symbiotic, but like the big guy needs his Twitter. Yes, you know, he and, does. and if he does, and I think he's actively feeling the threat of that because every day it's like, it's like a fucking dear Stan, you know, letter to Elon Musk at the start, be like, Elon, it's been six weeks. Oh no, yeah, since tweets, I last got yeah. liked by you, it's and like multiple times a day, and you can, you know, sometimes you can understand why. Like, there's a tweet here about him thinking that he's been shadow banned, and he says, "Hey, Elon Musk, Twitter, Twitter support. I love my family very much, and have my mum." already house i think he's it's a typo but he's basically saying that his mum lives with him and right. he, he cares for her and help and support my father is getting older i've worked and sacrificed so much to be able to be where i am i need my account fixed this isn't right and it needs to stop and like, bear in mind this is how he makes a living this would be like if we couldn't promote yeah. any of the podcasts yeah, or anything yeah. like that like it's, it's it's scary it's really scary when that's how you make your livelihood is through social media platforms that you feel then you're not getting seen but he is his own 
worst enemy here. He, I think he really is doing this to himself and he doesn't realise it. And then by complaining about it more... It's making that problem worse. It's making it worse. The number one thing they say when you've been shadow banned is to stop tweeting oh, entirely. Jesus. Well, that ain't happening. I know. That so, ain't happening at all. Right back, like... if you're listening, and I know it sounds bad coming from the person whose artwork you stole from, but... You need to stop tweeting, like, really seriously. And then it, your problems might just go away. It might be fine. But I feel like it's one of those things that you, you... with When your entire business is based on that kind of constant grind, 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 plug, 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 new content, new content, new content. Yeah. Like, you you can't... It's like kind of a shark. You can't stop know, swimming, like, yeah, you, you know? You have to keep going or your heart will stop. Yeah, it's, um, it's a different... I mean, he has my empathy in that respect, but... I mean, at least stop the pylons. That's Come on, it, you like know? You want, just don't do that. And also, as well, it's like a lot of the stuff that he's famous for on Twitter over the last few years, and we talked about this on the YouTube review, it's, like, really fucking bad shit. Mm. Like, really bad shit. And I think that if you go down that kind of... You know, courting controversy, oh, outspoken, oops, did I say that? You yeah. know, and I mean, for every, oh, wank over the Ryback tweet there is, there's something like Vince Mc... You know, making people like Vince McMahon seem sympathetic, but I'm not going to repeat the, the tweet he did about Vince's mother, but it was pretty fucked up. It's like, you literally took the one thing about Vince McMahon that it's like, I would say is... Not, I didn't, not cool to mock. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible to offend me. Yeah, because you were like, no way. And they're like, I well, make here jokes it is. about Vince all the time. They mostly get cut from the podcast because <laughs> Kevin's like, that's insensitive. But I am honestly like, I would be your target audience right back for that shit about Vince. And even I was like, that's too far. Yeah, and then stuff like, you know, when, like, your know, wrestlers get injured and he's like, that's karma for the time that you did X, Y, and Z. Yikes. And, you know, it's, it's just... Um, Does he not realise people could say that about him as well? Like, was, was his injuries. It's a far cry from the relentless positivity that, yeah. the, you know, it doesn't really match up there. Stick to the wank fodder stuff. That's much more likeable. <laughs> Come here, let's have some tweets here from our, our, okay. our lovely followers, hey? First up from sminihane87. He was the hottest thing in WWE and being pushed to the moon and then they just had him lose over and over to Punk and the Shield and then had Mark Henry fall on him at Mania and that was that. One of the biggest cases of what might have been. Sad to see what he is now. I think that you would you would be a paranoid individual in wrestling if you were that close to the to the mountaintop and then what happens afterwards, afterwards. When you have that top-down look at his career, you kind yeah. of see why he is that kind of twitchy over his shoulder. Mm. And I felt like he was a bit like that anyway to begin with. And there was something that was said about him, and I think it was Aaron Anderson, actually. I listened to his pod, and he was like, the sad thing about him is that he didn't. he never had a mentor. No one ever put their arm around him and said, come here, let me teach you a couple of things. There was never that relationship, that mentor, like sitting in the car, learning, no no, that wisdom. And I know that was kind of maybe in short supply around then. That is also a booking trouble, I think. When you're pushed like that to just bury people, like jobbers, yeah, you'd never travel with anyone. Back in the day, you would have put someone with like a Mark Henry or whatever to do that. But instead, that ended up being like, I'm going to fight you and your dog if I see you next. (laughs) Yeah. Next up from the Sio-Pow guy, I really enjoyed Ryback. He was a weird character that didn't look like other wrestlers. He had a fun catchphrase. He looked like a real-life toy action figure. There you yes. go! Again, Ryback, what it says on the tin. it's a compliment. No! It's a, it's a good thing. We should Maybe we should read out any of these people were that re- did these tweets in case there's other pylons directly Everyone's in their way. Everyone's going to get blocked. <laughs> and I will say as well, 
if this negatively affects you again in any way, I am really oh, sorry. God, I am you so know, sorry. I am sorry. I did, just figured after eight years of doing this with a lovely audience that maybe it would be all right. Like, but there you go. Now from TWK official, Ryback had a ton of potential, but between WWE getting cold feet and his lack of success since getting released, it seems to have all been for naught, which is depressing for me as someone who defended him whilst he was getting compared to Goldberg. I think it's an easy, it's an easy um, argument to make that he is different from Goldberg particularly now when you're at the, the end of the of that run as opposed to at the start where there are striking similarities but the, you know you couldn't get a more different career really when you think about it yeah, now definitely. you know Goldberg was never tagging with anyone let's no. just say that Goldberg never told us about his favourite book can you imagine a Goldberg match against Callisto Oh, yeah, I could. Spear, jackhammer. Awful. <laughs> Next up from The Adman29. While he gets a lot of shtick for hurting Punk early on, he was kind of green and booking shouldn't have put him in those positions, if I, I did, agree. I don't think he was fucking eight years at that point he was wrestling. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. He later went on to be a real good hand in the ring and even saved Callisto from a broken neck on that WrestleMania pre-show. He did. He did indeed. I think he's 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 definitely a lot better than most of his detractors will give him credit for, but I'm not sure if he's as good as most of the higher ups hoped he would be. Yeah. In those respects, and I feel like those are the wrestlers where it's always very interesting to look at them, you know, uh, and, and look at their career. It's why we've done this episode is to kind of to see what it's like to be destined for greatness, and if you don't live up to that, if that's it, there's nothing of value there, and I think that. Clearly there is, you know, I would be rare that I'm at the end of this episode going, oh, I want to watch more of this this guy, but <laughs> I'd want to watch more of that late Ryback one yeah. where I admittedly, having been following his career closely at the time, I was burnt out and done with him and didn't want it. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, lose to Callisto. Didn't actually sit to think, oh, are these matches fun? Are they good? Yeah. And they are, they you know? Are. Now from Noah Way Home, as weird as he is, Big Guy really flourished in his later WB run. The wholesomeness of Rybaxel was great, and I always remember the Big Guy's talking stuff line that made him come across as a star. One of the many who had become a waste in the authority era. Yeah, and I think there was a period of time when John Cena was obviously made it known that he was wrapping up in the next few years, and there were a lot of people who could have been made in the interim and i feel like i can't complain too much because all three members of the shield seem to be the guys who got that rub those following years but ryback could have gotten could have eaten at that table as well i think yeah. you know you can never have too many guys who seem legitimate or over but vincent man doesn't seem to agree with that we've had a lot of positive ones <laughs> now onto the negatives this Uh-oh. is from t right good tweet bad tweet <laughs> good tweet bad tweet <laughs> this is from T. Wright, 1989. Ryback will smash the patriarchy. For 10 years, I've watched this guy make excuses, lie, blame others, and avoid scrutiny. I'd add that this is one of the least stupid things he's done with regarding to the pylon and stealing our artwork. That's saying something. Some people just don't deserve a career in wrestling. He's one of them in my book. Fucking hell. I mean, all I'll say is that if... If Ryback does come back in one way, shape, or form, you know, because he said that the day he was released from WWE was the best day of his life. That's seven years ago, and I think that's as many matches as he's wrestled since then. You know, you see him in the videos. He looks like he could have another go in him. I don't know. Will he prove his detractors wrong? Absolutely not. If he was smart, he'd come in and get himself booked in a way that's going to capitalize 
on whatever this is that's mm. out there, you know? Because I think that the people who like Ryback will be happy to see him. And I think you could really actually get something, get some heat, work people. Because I can see there, there's a lot of, there's all these tweets we're not reading out, let's just say, yep. that those people would probably hate by any pay-per-view with Ryback yeah. on it. <laughs> this next one is, I think, very fair. This is the comment that Ryback hated most. This is from Keckmeister. Ryback is a living cartoon character. That big, dumb muscle head who doesn't think before speaking. Except he's a real person and not a cartoon, so he's also kind of shit. At least I haven't seen him do any actual harm besides questionable dietary advice. <laughs> well, I think CM Punk might disagree with the Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> Tensai, uh, some of the other people. But Now from Nick F. Time. Feels like the ultimate warrior, but in the wrong generation. A raspy-voiced, unique-looking muscle dude who talked about weird stuff, got pushed to the moon despite being severely limited as both a wrestler and performer, and then just got suddenly stopped being relevant <laughs> i i feel we're living in this age now where the, and maybe it's because there's so much wrestling and there's so much wrestling media and whatnot that i kind of feel like and it's, it's why again why i like doing episodes on the guys like this is that you can kind of take something and just be like oh yeah huh, next thing you know give me you know we're at the infinite buffet you know here of, of every food you could imagine you're just skirting past things because like i don't like that and i i I kind of feel bad for a lot of wrestlers, including Ryback in that sense, is because it's never been easier to disregard a wrestler. Yeah. And I think for someone like Ryback, who thrives and, as we said, needs that constant yeah. attention, you know, I, it's hard for him. I can see why he's freaked out at the moment with not getting his engagement on Twitter and all that. Uh, maybe in many respects, I'm just saying that I makes you think the worst is yet to come, oh, you know? No. I mean, I guess we'll see when this episode comes out. <laughs> well speaking of finally we have a tweet from paul d watts who said i was going to say something nice about ryback but then he blocked me after i very politely asked him to give you credit for the artwork so i don't really feel like it anymore well there you go uh we we, we catch more flies with honey than you do with meat big guy but there we go literally just like hey i really like you ryback do you mind giving credit i think they'd really appreciate it stupid Locked. Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone who's tweeted for hashtag how to Ryback has been blocked now. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I would say that that is maybe something that might get you shadow banned by blocking mass amounts of people yeah, randomly. Maybe. But uh, there you go. Ryback, Joe. An interesting episode. And again, much like Bobby in our last one, a guy that you, you'd seen and you'd been exposed to. But actually getting the full how-to treatment, get to sit down and, you know, have a little bit of a vivisection of the old brain there. See what's going on underneath there. Was there more to Ryback than met the eye for you? Yeah, definitely. He's like an onion that has many layers, only in the middle it is an onion. <laughs> ultimately it is it an onion. Ultimately it is an onion. It's exactly what you expected. But it does have layers. There was a point literally yesterday, and we were meant to record yesterday. And we then were. We and were. Then because of Ryback stealing the artwork and causing a pylon, we were like, let's take another day. Let's take another day. Let's let this kind of mull over. We yeah. ended up watching a lot more stuff than we did. Dare I say this this fine woman here was very excited to talk about Ryback and you were like when we were watching some of the main matches, you were like kind of shocked I guess a bit about how yeah. much you were enjoying him I was he's totally not the type of guy I ever would have thought I would like a wrestling match of because he looks like such a prototypical wrestler yeah. like he's exactly when before I became a wrestling fan that's what I imagined all wrestlers to yeah. look like like a Warner Brothers cartoon yeah. from back in the day like, yeah. only I imagined Ryback being like a punch kick guy which I'm not into he's not that at all he's very dynamic as a wrestler in terms of like both his 
power, but also in terms of his flexibility with his opponents. Yeah. Like he doesn't do just the same match every time like Goldberg. It, it depends on who he's up against. And that, yeah. is, to me, is one of the most important things about wrestling. It's true. I think that... You know, if there was a, an era where Ryback kind of came in, I think I saw a few tweets where people saying like he was like, you know, 10, 15 years too early or whatever it was. Mm. If he was someone who was, you know, in a, in a mid 90s WCW where the big boys play or, or an early 80s Hulk Hogan era WWE, he could have probably had a much different career where he maybe he maybe he gelled a little bit better. I think even later, like if he'd come a bit later, he could imagine like him and Sheamus in like a chop match. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen that. But I just don't think I've ever seen anyone in wrestling who looks like he should be the WWE mold, Vince's guy, he has all the tools, and yet didn't get on in that world of wrestling. And it makes you kind of realise that whatever it is that happens between shows, what we don't see on the road, in the locker room, in the, the Denny's or wherever it is... The guy just didn't get on with people well enough. I mean, I think we can see now where that comes from. Yeah. When he faces the mildest of criticisms, he can't handle it. You know, I'd... And that's kind of important in this business that you can handle it. Because there's a As, lot yeah. of critics out there. You know, take it from me. I, I, I struggle with criticism. You know, what, what do you think I did stand-up comedy and podcasting? I love that positive affirmation, baby. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of feel like, I don't know. I've learned lessons from Ryback by doing this episode, at least. Oh, you know? Maybe he could learn a lesson as well who knows i want to like you ryback you're making it hard for me though as if he's still listening at this point you know Aww. he checked out as soon as we mentioned that he dropped 10 sigh come on <laughs> our next episode joe is one that hopefully will get your ears pricked up and your eyes widened because we're going to head back to look at one of the icons in wrestling who may have not gotten their flowers in their time and certainly there's no time like the present to do a deep dive into their career their impact and the influence that they had you see this throughout modern wrestling and you may not know her name we're going to talk next episode all about medusa aka alundra blaze one of the absolute trailblazers in the world of wrestling she has got a new book coming out which we'll be uh, having a look at and then we're going to be doing a deep dive on what it's like to have been a woman in wrestling during a period that I know you're very fond of because we've done a lot of pay-per-view classics from that 94, 95 oh. era. We did all Japan women's wrestling from around the time as well mm-hmm. over on the Patreon. So this is going to be pretty exciting. This woman who charred her course during a time when women weren't given boats, let's just oh, say. Okay. I think it's going to be very interesting. Do you know anything about Medusa? I know she put the title in the bin. That was in the Bischoff app, I think we yeah. had. Yes. And I loved her for that. I respect her for that. So if you're someone who's very familiar with Medusa's career, because admittedly I'm not, we're going to be putting on our, our research hats and doing a deep dive into all of her comings and goings she's also involved in the world of stunts and the world of monster trucks yes that's so cool so maybe for the first time since the rooster episode we'll get to see some monster trucks in this fucking podcast finally but if you're someone who has followed her career closely and you've got a couple of bits to contribute we're always interested to find out your thoughts use the hashtag how to medusa that's m-a-d-u-s-a the episode artwork will be available on howtowrestling.com as all our episode artworks are please don't steal it if you don't mind we're <laughs> guess what the cover of a book <laughs> yeah you know what actually it's a funny thing because it's like i feel there's wrestlers out there and they're like i'm a wrestler you're a fan so anything you make is inherently mine well yes we're fans but also this has been our fucking full-time job for yeah. several years now this is what we more do more than se- nearly a decade yeah we've been doing this 
you know, <laughs> yeah, we're not, yeah, whatever. But anyway, the artwork is there. You're going to enjoy the episode, I'm sure, because it's someone who I think that maybe hasn't had a spotlight shone on them in the same way. She is very outspoken. She's got a lot to say about the current product and the product where she found herself in. And she was absolutely the center of controversy and was blacklisted by WWE for many, many years as well. That's so cool. I know. <laughs> oh, I love that. So the next episode is going to be How to Medusa. Very excited for that one, folks. Make sure, as always, as well, you want to support this show and you like the fact that we have not got loads and loads of ads every two seconds. The reason why is because we are 100% fan listener supported. And if you head over now to patreon.com forward slash how to wrestling, there is a magnificent seven years worth of pay-per-view reviews going all the way back to WWE SummerSlam 2015. As well as that, you got AEW reviews. You've got our pay-per-view classic series where we do deep dives on classic pay-per-views that Joe might enjoy. Every company from WCW to All Japan to ECW. We're going to be doing TNA for the first time next month. The fans get to decide on Joe's brief. As well as that, our new series, Totally Divas. We're reviewing all the Total Divas. It's fucking insane. As well as that, we're reviewing wrestlers' YouTube channels. The Bobby Lashley episode and the Ryback episode where the story... I mean, to finish the story of Ryback, you really need to check out our YouTube review. You do. Because there's a lot in there and we might save you watching 3,000 videos, which will be impossible <laughs> to find because they've been shadow banned by the anti-mukbang empire. <laughs> All this and a lot more available for as little as $5 a month. You can drop out whenever you want and you get access to the entire back catalogue as soon as you join up and a minimum of two to three new pieces of content per month. Oh, Joe, it's a good time over on the Patreon page. It's a bloody bargain. And as always, I want to say thanks to everyone who sent in their lovely tweets for this episode and we'll catch you on the next one, which is going to be How to Medusa. And until then, it's going to be a feed me shadow bands from me kevin <laughs> and a goodbye from me joe and we'll see you next time on how to wrestling see ya wake up <laughs> <laughs>